When you add a player to your lineup over here on the right-hand side, you will also get the same data over here. So if we put in Lindor, you notice his projected fantasy points are there. We can get weather ratings, everything in the same spot. Um, one of the other features we have here is a late swap feature for MLB and NFL in the full lineups that have the utility slot. If I put Tim Anderson down here, nothing's going to happen because he has the later start time than Lindor, but let's say I swapped them so that Anderson was in my shortstop and Lindor was in the utility spot. Well, because Lindor's game starts earlier, I've got this orange background now on the position, and when I hover over it, it tells me that this is a swap suggestion because, you know, let's say Tim Anderson's not in the actual lineup when it comes out. If I move him down here, now I don't have to play a shortstop backup. I can play any utility player that is in the lineup there in that slot. So that will just be something to look out for anytime you see that orange highlight there. Know that you can make a swap to make your lineup more flexible. The other thing I want to highlight is for the single game contests that have multipliers. So in NBA we have an MVP, a star, and the pro multipliers. In the player pool itself, everything will look the same under the premium menu. But when you select either the fantasy points or the fantasy points projected ownership option, and you see these fantasy points over here, they won't be multiplied. They will get multiplied for the actual lineup. So I've added Kawhi Leonard over here, and now his number says I'm going to multiply his baseline number by 1.2x. That's going to give his projected fantasy points in that lineup slot for you. So here his regular projection is 52.82. If I moved him to the MVP, you'd see this jump to 105 over here on the right-hand side. So that's a new thing that we've added that, that should help out in some single-game lineup construction. Please note that you can also edit an upcoming lineup, and you'll see the same premium menu options here, whether you do it from the upcoming page or after entering the lineup, going back, and then editing that lineup. You'll still have access to the premium menu. So that's it. If you have any questions, please let me know. Thanks.
What is up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of The Draft Show here on Roto-Grinders. Guys, if you haven't seen this show before, we are going to be drafting lineups. If you haven't downloaded the draft app, use the promo code GRINDERS and get a free something. I can't remember. Devin will drop the details in chat because I always forget. And this is an interactive show, meaning you guys can join in. You guys can let me take money from you because I'm the greatest in the world. And I'm joined by the second greatest in the world, Stevie TBFL. How you doing over there, buddy? I'm doing pretty well, my friend. Um, I think uh, Evan thought we didn't hear him doing the countdown because right before we started, he was increasing his volume on the countdown while me and you were talking. So, um, yeah, it's the beard show, right? Like the draft beard show? Yeah, yeah, no, it's always it's always good to, to have. I need to put my Hattie B's hat on? Like, do we need to? Oh, like... gosh, please do. Oh. oh, you got the Hattie B's one. I just got the B's. Let's it... just go all um, all, all like professional here. I'm still waiting for us to get sponsored by them. That's that's my dream. And guys, if you want to join along, all you have to do is follow me. My name is right there, Genever07. Follow me on the draft app, and you will get a notification whenever I create a draft, which I will be doing all this time long. And you can join in words, 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 words. Stevie, you ready to start it off with the draft? Yeah, anybody here? that wants to send me some Hattie B's um, mac and cheese from Nashville, I think it'll still be good by the time it gets to Florida. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can pretty much freshly has it figured out and all those meal services have a perfect way of uh, refrigerating it the entire way along there. Yeah, you know what's terrible? There's a Hattie B's in Vegas and they completely changed the pimento mac and cheese recipe. It's, it's, it, it was it's a terrible, one. That's, that's, that's the worst. But yeah, I'm ready to draft. Let's do this. All right, I'm just going to do a standard. I'm just going to do a 10 man and I'm going to create and I'm creating in three, two, one go create guys this is this is a show with a little bit of downtime we're going to be breaking down the slate we're going to be drafting lines so any qqs you have go ahead and drop them over in chat and if you're over on youtube drop them in that chat and also like and subscribe because it makes us feel cool and makes me feel like a validated person in life but yeah any questions you have go ahead and throw them in there and we are a full we got floors in here we got mean mr mode who's always in these trap we got we got a whole bunch of familiar faces here. It's going to be a good draft. I've got the fifth pick. You got the second pick. What's your plan here? Um, probably Story or Arenado, um, or Arenado or Rizzo. Probably one of those two guys. Uh, I think there's plenty of pitching on the slate for a ten man that I feel pretty comfortable trying to just get one of the top overall bats with my second pick. I think um that's kind of where i'm going to end up i don't think i want like trevor bauer who's projected the highest um you know he does ha certainly has a strikeout upside but he's not my top overall pitcher today so um i think looking at a, a hitter is where i'm going to end up i'm not sure Bauer's my top five overall pitcher today he's not the same guy he was a lot of his essentially acehood i don't know eliteness whatever word you want to use uh comes from his good control that he had last year but his controls all over the map you look at the 11 walk rate and that doesn't even tell the full story uh he can't go to his out pitches because he can't locate he gets late he gets back in the count almost every single time and has to throw some meatballs just right down the middle he doesn't have the same upside he has before and he is going against the reds who are just an all right lineup but there's a decent amount of lefties in there some guys are pretty patient he can go later on in the game so there is some upside but in all honesty, I don't. I'm not putting him in the top tier. I don't want to use him. I will in no way use him over on FanDuel. I just don't see the upside there, considering how many aces are on the slate. And on DraftKings, I still don't think he's going to make the cut for me. 
Yeah, I'm with you. Um, he has one of the highest home run per nines uh, to left-handed hitters on the slate, and there's enough lefties in this lineup that I'm certainly worried about it. So um, this is a spot that I don't think I'll be using Bauer too much. And I was actually kind of shocked when I opened up the, the draft app to see him with the highest projection. I, I get it. Like, he does have the strikeout upside to be the highest scoring pitcher on the slate, but I think that's a little a little bit of a reach for him to be the highest projected pitcher on the slate. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm right there with you. And someone just asked our first QQ, how do you rank the stacks on DK? To me, it's kind of interesting. Obviously, those cores and, like, Quintana's a decent pitcher, but he relies on a sinker. He relies on a curveball. They're not going to be breaking nearly as much in cores. You obviously have Story and Arenado who crush lefties here. And then over on the other side, Lambert just making a second career start. In Coors, I know he's a good prospect, but he relies a little bit on the curveball, too. And there's enough lefties in there where the platoon split's going to just absolutely crush him. They're a patient, good lineup. Problem, obviously, is pricing. So are you going to try and fit in a bunch of Coors bats, or are you going to try and pivot off to any of these other, like, really high total games? We have five or six different teams with over a five implied team total today. So the thing here about Lambert is, yeah, he went out and dominated in his first start. Don't get me wrong, but it's a different animal pitching in cores. He's not a guy that projects to be like a massive strikeout guy. So I think he just pitched well well above his means in his first start. So I have the the Cubs as my top overall stack today. Um, I do want to try to fit those guys in where I can. I like Minnesota and New York right behind those two guys. Um, if I had to rank my top three, but my top contrarian stack in the day is the Dodgers. I love the Dodgers tonight. Um, and I don't expect them to get terrible amount of ownership. Um, it's a standalone eight or standalone 10 o'clock game. And people hate playing the 10 o'clock game in general. And people still think the angels ballpark is a pitcher's ballpark. And it's been playing more towards hitters this season. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm right there with you. I, I really like the twins leaks. Terrible. The Seattle bullpen's terrible. I don't know if I'm going Yankees. Honestly, Vargas is a guy that everyone already tends to stack against. Uh, there's enough big team totals on the slate here where I'm fine with it. Um, but realistically, I, it's not something I really plan on too much. Uh, I just don't want to deal with Vargas. He's a better pitcher at limiting fantasy upside than a lot of people realize. Yes, he did have that just huge shutout. He's not that good, but like, there are other really good bat spots. I mean, I'm not buying into the Red Sox. Apply total 5.95. Grotto is a very good ground ball pitcher, and so I think they're going to get a little bit too much ownership. I'm looking at Washington. I'm looking at the Braves going against Archer, a guy that gives up a lot of bombs. And I'm looking at both sides of this Houston game that's going to go incredibly overlooked. You look at Peacock's numbers, and he is so much worse versus lefties. And we're going to have Yelich, Moustakis, Randall. Thames, shock, gamble, going up against a pitcher that gives up a ton of hard contact, over a 230 ISO, I believe, versus lefties. He's a great pitcher versus righties. But that game total is just way too low because on the other side, we have Peralta, who gives up a 45% hard contact rate to both sides of the plate. I am, I am just all over both sides of these stacks just because of these pitchers can both get blown up. And I don't think I'm going to game stack it, but I will have either side just in case they get up to a big lead and the bad bullpen arms are going to come in because obviously we both have great bullpens. So if the bad bullpen arms come in, they could potentially put up 12, 13 runs on the slate where they're going to have zero ownership. 
Yeah, I like um I do like the Braves. The problem with the Braves that like I've keep running into is Archer gives up more home runs to lefties and like I love Freeman. I think Freeman's a top play on the slate. Um Acuna is always a guy that I don't mind splits. Um but like Marcakis, he's not like a huge power guy. Yeah, he hits home runs, don't get me wrong. Brian McCann's getting towards the end of his career. Albies is a guy that we kind of want to hit home runs, but you know, he had two yesterday. He's been struggling a lot more at the plate recently. Um, but, you know, when you look at the Pirates game, this is a really good game stack. I think I agree with you. Moran's been hitting the ball a lot better um, than where he started this season. Josh Bell has a ton of power. Grant, wouldn't you agree this is probably a better game stack on, like, a Fanduel where you could play Bell and Freeman um, instead of, like, a DraftKings where you can only play one or a fantasy draft where you could play a, you know, multiple, like, don't you think that this is a better game stack where you could play multiple first basemen? Yeah. And I don't know if I want to fully game stack. I probably over on FanDuel want to do a three on the Pittsburgh side, four on the Braves side, uh, six man stacks against Archer are never really the greatest idea in the world, but it is hot. It is humid. So there's a lot of power bats on this Atlanta side. And obviously Freeman's one of the first guys I'd go with. Marcakis, by the way, is way too cheap over on DraftKings. Um, but Acuna, Donaldson, all these guys can end up with a bomb here. So I, I do like the game stack quite a bit. And I think the pricing is good enough where it's easy enough to do over on FanDuel. And the nice part about today is I worry about pitcher last. I set up my bats and then I go to pitchers because there's guys at every single price tier all throughout the day um, with big amounts of upside. I mean, we've got Peacock and Peralta. Up at the top, we have all the aces, Corbin, uh, Bauer, down at the bottom, we got really cheap guys that are a little bit unknown, but do have some big upsides. So it's an, I mean, even John Means or Thornton, both are very cheap and both potentially could have big games. They're going against two offenses that have a tendency to show up like just not at all. So I, I, I think you go bats and you stack up today because everyone's going to be on cores and you can get every other big stack at low ownership and some stacks like Arizona or Milwaukee or Houston, they're going to go entirely overlooked. Yeah, um, it's certainly a day that I prioritize bats because we do have some really good pitching um, at every level. Like you said, um, I think that, you know, Dakota Hudson's probably my favorite cheap pitcher. Um, it was said today that Molina is supposed to be activated from the IL, which gives him a, a, you know, a better catcher as far as just, you know, defensive catcher behind the plate. Um and he's facing a Marlins team that they're, they're rolling out um, six righties and he has one of the highest ground ball rates uh, against right-handed hitting in the base in baseball, not a huge strikeout guy, but I expect like seven innings out of him tonight. I think it's just a, a game that he just pitches really well, but Darwin's and Hernandez uh, for the Red Sox making his um, first career start tonight. Massive strikeout upside, um, very live arm, but, he could walk. He could walk like six guys tonight. He he struggles with command, um, but he has the ability to go out and you know get a lot of strikeouts in this game. Yeah, yeah, right there with you. Don't mind that call at all. And even Hernandez is an interesting one at 10K going up against Cardinals. It's over in Miami. He's a guy that can get a little wild. Hasn't done great in the majors, but he's only 10K over on fantasy draft, like 5K over on DK. And he, he's got upside. He had a 30% K rate in the minors this year. He may have changed some things around. So potentially he could be in for a big game here as one of the cheapest guys on the slate. Do you think he's going to draw a lot of ownership? Who's that? 
Hernandez. I don't know how late he's going to go into the game, but. Well, he yes. threw 97 pitches in his last double A start. So, like, I think, like, he's stretched out. It just really depends on how he's pitching. Um, they're using him kind of as a fifth starter tonight. That's why they called him up. They scratched him from his start. I think it was Saturday. Um, and they're kind of using him as a fifth starter in this spot. So, <clears throat> I could see him going, like, 85 pitches, four or five innings um, at his price across the industry. Probably a better play on DraftKings and Fantasy Draft than on FanDuel because I highly doubt he gets your quality start. But if, you know, at his price on FanDuel, if he's striking out guys and not giving up runs um, and gets through five, like he has an opportunity to get the win. So um, I think he'll be a little popular. He's a minus 184. Um, He's a huge favorite going up against the Rangers. They struggle with left-handed pitching. So I think he'll get some ownership today. But you have to also realize the risk in taking him because, you know, anytime you have a young pitcher taking the mound for his first start, you worry about that. But you also worry about a young pitcher, you know, that struggles with walks and, you know, has never pitched above double A. I think he threw two innings for the Red Sox earlier this year. But really um, a double A guy just, you know, getting a spot start here as a fifth starter. Yeah. Yeah. No, I kind of feel you. It's a tough scenario anytime. Anytime you have a rookie, which also brings – let's go back to the Coors game a little bit. Lambert, always worry about rookie pitchers. You always worry about pitchers facing the same team twice, especially early on in their career. You always worry about Coors. Is, is like, just straight up from raw points, is the Cubs stack the most likely to be the highest scoring? I would think so. I think, like I said, they're my top stack today. Um, Lambert, he doesn't grade out as a high strikeout guy. You know, 19.8% strikeout rate in AAA this season, only at 8.6% swinging strike rate. Um, pitched really well in the first game against the Cubs. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Grant, I could be wrong, but wasn't the wind blowing in in Wrigley that day? Um, I'm almost positive it was. So, like, he's going from pitching in Wrigley with the wind blowing in to pitching in cores against the same team that he just faced. Like, I think this is just a spot that they're they're going to pound him in this spot. Um, so, you know, they saw him, they saw him, like, five days ago, saw what he has, and now they're seeing him in cores with the same circumstances. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's a real low spot. But this is baseball. Anything can happen. Oh, yeah. I'll still have a cup stack, but I'm guessing anytime there's scores on the slate, I'm almost always underweight in tournaments. You ready for another draft? Oh, uh, yeah, I could go back here. I like my team on the draft, by the way. I got Sanchez with my fourth pick, and even if wow. he doesn't play, J.D. Martinez with my fifth pick, and, like, even if Sanchez doesn't play on the second half and have a doubleheader, um, I think he'll DH, but, you know, it'd be interesting because there's still plenty of options to get if you get him with your fourth pick. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm going to create in three – to one yeah I, i'm pretty happy with my team uh i got i got a full brewer stack and i got the only righty i have in there is braun uh i don't know if that's my top option i just wanted to get that out there that yelich obviously going it's a guy that gives up a whole lot of car, yard hard contact and he's he's yelich he can hit a bomb off anyone mustakas grandal all the power in the world and then braun just to round it out so i have a four-man stack in there but yeah it's very I'm, 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 can you talk me off the Brewers at all? Not the lefties. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd play Braun in my stack today, but I, I certainly like Yelich, Mustakis, Grandal as like a three man. If you want to make a four man, maybe Thames. Um, I, I don't think I'd put Braun in there because 
Peacock is a guy that generates a ton of ground balls and strikeouts against righties, but you know, opposite. He's he's just polar opposites. Like he has the pitch profile against righties. He doesn't have the pitch profile against lefties. You know, 44% hard contact, 40 45% fly ball rate. A lot of hard contact, a lot of fly balls against lefties and when you start digging into why, he just uses his sinker a ton against righties and he tries to use his fastball against lefties. His fastball is not very good. His sinker generates a ton of ground balls. So um he just he, his pitch profile is really good for righties and it stinks against lefties um i don't know why he just doesn't commit to just throwing the sinker all the time but it's because the fastball is obviously not working yeah no this, that, that's one thing i don't understand obviously he throws less sliders to lefties than to righties that makes sense sliders are a better pitch the same handedness but he does use his curveball quite a bit versus lefties so i think he doesn't use his sinker trying to set up that curveball essentially going for more strikeouts there and less ground balls. That's why you have a much higher fly ball rate. That's why he has a much lower ground ball rate because he's literally throwing that fastball and curve to try and throw guys off balance so they're not used to the drop in the ball. Um, so that I, I think that's mostly why guys get in this draft. We need two more people in here. It's been a while since we've had, had it not fill immediately. I don't feel good about myself. What do you think about the Arizona bats? Obviously, yesterday they went just crazy. I was feeling real good about him. I had a full stack, although I left out Avelia and I left out, was it Vargas, Vegas, whatever his name is. I can't remember. Um, but they're going up against Arietta today. Eikhoff was a guy that has huge splits, so it wasn't surprising to the lefties. And they were lower on because they had that little bit of weather risk that ended up not coming to fruition. It was completely fine. Are you looking at any of these Diamondbacks hitters against Arietta today? Uh, yeah, I, I certainly like this spot, um, for Peralta. I think he's one of the best one-offs on the slate. I don't know if I'd stack area does generate a ton of ground balls. Um, he's a sinker bowler. You know, he's a guy that commits to the sinker. He throws it over 50% of the time to both sides of the plate. So you really got to see how hitters do against sinkers when you're looking at him and Escobar Peralta, both the two guys that I'm looking at Escobar doesn't hit the ball on the ground a ton against sinkers and Peralta shows a ton of power. I, you know, Walker in a small sample has been good against sinkers, but with Arietta just being so good against righties, I don't think I can pull the trigger on Walker today. So really Peralta and Escobar, Dyson on Fandel. Um, Dyson's really cheap over there on Fandel. Arietta is not good at holding runners on. Uh, so I think that you could look at Dyson over on Fandel. Yeah, to me, it's all the lefties. It's all of the lefties. Uh, Dyson, yeah, a little bit too expensive over on DK, but Fandel is fine. But Marte, Peralta, Escobar, Avilia, all are very much in play. Avilia going up against a guy up against Arietta, who's just a 14% K rate guy uh, against lefties, who gives up a whole bunch of hard contact because his sinker is just not nearly as effective to lefties as it is to righties. And his changeup isn't quite what it used to be. And he relies a little bit more on a slider. So he has been crushed by lefties so far this season with a 45% hard contact rate. And, walking a bunch of guys this this is a potential decent stack spot with the lefties here because even if they're not getting hits i mean more of a stack spot over on yahoo FanDuel. but even if they're not getting hits he's walking them at a 12 percent rate so far this year just because he doesn't have the same control versus lefties compared to righties and he's trying to pitch a little bit away from them trying to get a little bit weaker contact and it's just not working out he ends up getting back in the count and has to throw it right down the middle and so he can easily get taken out of the park parked by any of these guys someone asked about twin stack we already said we love them they keep mashing they're in a good spot they have a high implied total they're going to go overlooked just always play twins it's 
a general rule, no matter where or who they're playing, just play twins. They, they hit bombs after bombs after bombs. So the, the thing about the twins, right? Like leak is not a strikeout pitcher. He's a ground ball guy, especially against lefties. When you look at this twins lineup, they're a fly ball hitting team. Kepler, Polanco, Cruz, Rosario, Sano, Castro, Buxton all have fly ball rates over 40%. The ground ball that Leak typically is saved by is not going to be affected here in this spot against Minnesota. So get creative with your twin stacks. Don't forget about Buxton. Don't forget about Sano. Um, yeah, I'm going to have a few different variations of twin stacks today for sure. Yep, right there with you. I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on him. Let's put it that way. Uh, sorry. Oh, by the way, in this draft, can we talk about how I got Arenado at number four? Well, so you know why? Because Chief there or Chef, I don't know. It's one of those two. They're very confusing words. They're very, spelled very similarly. Uh, yeah, he went with the yellow just to mess mess with me, and then the other two guys took the other lefties again for the Cubs. But story in Arenado going four or five is just ridiculous they're the top overall plays on the slate from a raw points perspective and it's not really that close i mean Quintana, like i said he he's a lefty they have the platoon split their isos i think are over 300 in cores versus lefties like this year and last year and Quintana's throwing a sinker and a curve that that just it doesn't break the same way in cores because of the thin air you play Arnado, you play story and you move on um, in terms of cash. If you can fit him in on non more on fantasy draft, because you can pivot on third base, but uh, yeah, they're just the top overall plates. If plays, if you're drafting on draft, you take them one, two, because pitcher isn't a drastic disparity between the number one pitcher and the number 10 pitcher. Yeah. I'm trying to decide what I want to do with my next pick. I think I'm going to take Freeman. Um, I, I like the home run upside for Freeman in this spot. I'm not going to get a Colorado stack. So I'm not, my stack is out in this hitters only draft. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with some, just some power upside bats now that I can't stack. I know you like the stack on draft. I like the stack on draft, but when you, when you're looking at, when you start getting like some top hitters like uh, Colorado, your first pick you're not likely going to get to stack four guys from that team so you could look at potentially making a stack elsewhere but i'm gonna go upside in this one yeah yeah no i don't mind that at all and i mean it all depends on the day on the slate on this hitters only draft it's a little bit more it's a little bit better to stack just because you can throw in any hitter you want but there's so many individual just power bats that are a good shot at a home run i mean oh i looked at vegas odds a bit today and milwaukee Yelich and Moustakas are both plus one eight or plus two eighty to hit a run. Story, Grandal, um, Arnado, Rizzo, and Bryant are all plus two eighty to hit home run. They have a one in three chance, essentially, according to Vegas, of hitting a home run here. So there's those guys, and then there's the Boston bats, then there's all all the New York bats. Like there's a lot of guys that are gonna end up with bombs today. And draft you like stacking because you get a little bit of correlation there, but with only four or five batters in each of your lineup, home runs are more important than anything. So if I'm going to stack, it's going to be a team like Milwaukee or it's going to be a team like Washington or Colorado or the Cubs that are going to for sure get at least one or two home runs. And so if you have a stack, you're probably getting those one or two home runs. Yep. Um, I don't love Mookie Betts, but getting him 3-4 overall in a hitters-only draft seems like good value. So I ended up taking him there. Um 
I'm with you. I don't love the Red Sox today. I think Gerardo is a good ground ball pitcher, um, and I, I respect that. But when you're doing a hitters-only draft and you get a guy like Mookie Betts or J.D. Martinez later in drafts, you just you, you got to take him at that point. Yep, absolutely agree um, right there with you. And also, it's a decent move on lesser-owned stacks um, to kind of start off with just your top overall bat and then round out with four stacks, or some people just – try and get their four bats in and then wait until the end. Um, I'm not stacking at all. I've got Blackman, Bryant, and Meadows here just going bomb, bomb, bomb. And then ah, they still Voight, but I – Voight and Gary. Okay, that guy's trying to stack here. Let's see. Who do I want here? I should have been more prepared. I'm going with Bell. Peterson. So he's got a little two-man going here. He has Peterson, Muncy, Sanchez, Voight. Um, I think he's the leader in the clubhouse right now. <laughs> Yeah, I got I got Bell Meadows Brian Black. Yeah, he's he's beating me. He did better. He wore it better. Um, guys, any more questions? Go ahead and drop in the chat. We're just gonna keep drafting here and talking about whatever we feel like. Is pimento mac and cheese your favorite item at Hattie Bees? This is not a question from chat. This is a question from me, Stevie. Oh, I don't know, man. The banana pudding's really good. I do like the hot chicken, like the hot chicken. Um, I don't know. I don't. <sighs> The problem, so here's the thing, like the mac and cheese, I haven't found a place to make the hot mac, the mac and cheese as good as like Hattie B's. Yeah. Banana pudding, banana pudding you can find. And, you know, I think it's really good, but. I've never found banana pudding. I mean, me and Dean talk about way too much. That's pretty much the basis of our entire friendship. If you call it friendship, uh, is that banana pudding so good, but that hot chicken is unreal. Like I. Right. I eat a whole lot of hot chicken. I eat it from a whole lot of different places. I've tried six different spots out here in Denver. And there's a hot chicken sandwich place that's really good. But I can't find a single, like, fried hot chicken place that is anywhere remotely close to Hattie B's. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to go. I think I'm going to take Ben Nintendi. little two-man Red Sox stack. I don't love it, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of on the fade Boston and fade New York. Like, I generally spread out my stacks based on the tournament sizes and which line, like, the payout structure. Um, today, it's going to be a whole lot more condensed. I'm mostly on Houston, on Minnesota, Milwaukee, and Nationals and Braves. I'm, I'm probably fading Coors, or I'm going to be underweight on Coors, I'm probably fading Boston. I'm probably fading the Yankees. Um, it, to me, it's just those are two stacks that are going to get enough ownership compared to what they actually should be, where it's probably not worth it to me. Yeah, see, I'm going to play like five teams in the um, home run over on Fandle today. You know, the 150, I like the I like the tournament. I think it's interesting. Really top-heavy as far as prize pools, but that's just where the industry's at right now. Um, I'm going to take Devers here, Grant. I was looking at it, and I was trying to figure out which stack I could kind of finish off, and that's why I took Ben Attendee because Devers was still there. So got three out of the top four Red Sox hitters with Arenado and Freeman. So I actually feel okay with that uh, stack after not really thinking about stacking. But as far as, like, today's slate goes with five teams, um, I think I'll have a Cubs stack for sure. I'll definitely have a Dodgers stack. I want a couple variations of the Minnesota stack. Um, I want to try to make um, 
the Minnesota stack work with a couple of those stacks. Like I, if I can make a Minnesota Dodger stack work, I'll feel really good about where I'm at. I haven't really started messing around with teams. So I got to kind of see where that's at, but I think there's a lot of good one-offs today. Um, you know, you mentioned the Braves, Braves um, Pittsburgh game. I think that's a game that I could potentially see game stacking. So I'm going to mess around with some stuff once we get off the air, uh, but really just kind of being patient and waiting to see what some of these lineups look like. Um, because we're not really dealing with any weather today, right? Like, isn't it a day that's pretty clean weather-wise? I mean, I think Minnesota has a slight chance of delay. I don't know. I, I Just looking at it, it doesn't look like it's that bad. I'm going to check Roth's um, stuff to see if there's anything. But I don't think there was anything more than yellow today. Oh, Minnesota, Seattle's yellow-orange, um, which – just probably means there's more of a delay likely i don't think there's any postponement risk. i think it's yellow orange just because it's so far out when he did it this morning there's a lot of rain there today but um i think potentially we could see a yellow in that game once we get there which i mean i'm going bad so it's irrelevant yeah and as long as the game's gonna play i don't care the I'm quicker that we get to the mariners bullpen the better because they are atrocious gosh one, one we talk about Martin, Martin Perez, though. Like, he's actually a little interesting facing Seattle at his price on DK and Fantasy Draft. Yeah, so Seattle, I love them. I'm a Seattle fan. We're going to do a pitchers only because I can do what I want. I'm an adult. Um, oh, hold on. I don't even have the app open. It's all good. I got it set up. But, uh, yeah, Perez's price, 6.7, going up against, I think, one of the highest strikeout teams versus lefties in the entire league. Just look all the way up and down this Mariners lineup over on plate IQ and versus lefties. The only two guys that are not in the red are Encarnacion and Vogelbach and Vogelbach is not going to stay that way. He is going to be in the 25% K range. So everyone all the way up and down is striking out a huge clip. Their lefties are better than their righties. So Perez, I think can dominate here. He's a decent pitcher this year. He did regress a little bit after his hot start, but his price is so far down, it's ridiculous to me. You ready? I am. Boom, created. Getting quick. Getting real quick. I'm in. Oh man, you got you you are you are fast. You are fast. I see why you like NASCAR. <laughs> I do not have any prop bets today, guys. I did the monkey knife fight video. That's that's pretty much it. I'm not doing too many props, um, at least today. But yeah, um, I don't know. Fifth pick here. I actually kind of like fifth pick. I think I'm going to get two really solid pitchers here with fifth pick. So yeah, I mean, it's interesting. On six mans, it's almost better to have the fifth pick because you're not stuck with two horrific pitchers. You're just stuck with one horrific pitcher. Uh, but today, five mans, I'm, I'm happy. I'm just trying to figure out if I want to go Paddock or if I want to go Paxton. What do you think? Paddock or Paxton? Um, I have Paddock ranked over Paxton, but I think Paxton has more upside. Yeah, he does. Um, I just I don't see Paddock getting rocked by San Francisco today. Uh, yeah, the San weather, Francisco, yeah, yeah, the weather is a little bit better than it usually is in San Francisco. Ball should be flying a little bit more, but I still think this is a spot. Paddock biggest issue has been home runs recently, and there's just not a lot of power in that lineup. Yeah, yeah, I've. You know, this is, a, this is a bit of a tournament. I'm going Paddock. I didn't mean to do that. I meant Paxton. I did went Paxton. I, I, got, I got my own head there. Yeah, I'm going with more upside. Paxton could potentially have a 30-point outing or um, oh, yeah. an 18-point outing. 
Um, now let's see who's going to go next. Of course, Bauer went third. I don't like that at all. I'd prefer Paddock. I prefer Castillo both over Bauer here. I, I'm just so far off Bauer. It's ridiculous. Uh, Kier 19. Um, easiest way to see it is sharp down the sharp side app. I know it's one of our products, but it's literally what I use to figure out what the Vegas props are. So just download it and it's real easy to navigate through. I always have a terrible time checking out Bovado or any of the other big gambling sites trying to find prop bets. Sharp site just super easy and you can place a bet if you want to remember it for the future for your research, knowing that all right, this is the ridiculous line and they'll have all your bets there just on the screen. So download the sharp site app. Sorry to sorry to whatever do marketing for RG there, but we are on RG show. Oh, gosh, I don't know who to go with here. App's really easy to use, too. You can really kind of scroll through, um, you know, props, and it makes it, you know, really easy. Um, I'm really looking forward to being able to use uh, the SharpSide app for football and kind of looking at props that way. I think it's certainly going to be something that I'll be paying attention to a lot more this year. Yep, right there with you. It's, 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 it's a good app. And I am, I believe, second all-time. I'm not sure. Let's see. After I pick this, I can probably just figure that out. Nah, I don't. I don't need to. Oh gosh, Maeda. He was. Why was he so far down there? I didn't even see him. Well, eggs on my face. Yeah, I almost took Dakota Hudson um, over Martin Perez. I just I went with a little bit more upside with my pick there. Yeah, I went upside with Peacock. I mean, again, he's a lot worse versus lefties, but while he gives up a lot more home runs, a lot more hard contact, he does strike out lefties a good enough clip because of that curveball. And, I mean, who else am I going to go with? Arietta, Archer, Means. Like, I'm not a huge fan of any of the pitchers left. Um, I'll get stuck with one or two of them, but we'll see when that comes to it. Zach Ertz, sister, plays with Team USA Soccer? Man. I thought, it, is it wife or a sister? Is the Red Sox pitcher not available in this draft? Um, he might not be. Let's see. I can't remember how to spell his last name. Um, I'm going to search for him. I am going to find him. I don't think he's available. I'm searching for him right now. Nope, he's not. Um, I'm going to take Turnbull then. And I guess I'm going to take John Means. Yeah. I don't like the fifth pick as much as I thought I was going to, for what it's worth. I mean, I'm surprised to see one guy still on the board. Um, Peralta there, he's got upside. He's got huge upside. It gets a tough matchup, and he could get blown up, but the guy always has big upside. That's just what he's going to do terrible or he's going to do great. That's pretty much what it is. Uh, QQ, fade cores and win the slate. It's possible. It's It's always a move I can easily recommend. And today's slate, there's enough high total games where I very much in. Like, if you're doing three lineups, I highly suggest fading Coors entirely in tournaments. So the flip side of that is, you know, obviously Coors, you know you're going to get runs from Coors. Um, you're just, you know, you're you're paying up for the opportunity of runs, the bigger ballpark, all that stuff. Um, but, like, when you're looking at it, like, you're getting opportunity from so many other teams on the slate, like four or five teams on the slate, that have the upside that Coors has today at a much cheaper price and lower ownership. Coors is always going to be popular. 
But I, I can't lie. Um, I, I don't plan on fading cores with my five teams on each site today. I think I'll have exposure to them on both sites. Yeah, I generally run 13 teams on Fantasy Draft, 10 teams over on Yahoo, a few teams over on DK FanDuel, um, and then a bunch of drafts. But, yeah. I did not I, fade cores in draft today. Yeah, I apparently did. I, did, I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of this draft slate so i didn't i didn't do many before this plus i have to watch my niece after the show for a bit so i wasn't sure how much i'd be able to pay attention to it um so yeah there's a giant fly right in front of me just hovering around me i don't know if that says good things about me um guys any more any more questions we only got 13 minutes left in the show this draft's basically over you can do your last pick and then we'll create one more five man just normal so you got to hop in here quick. Is it sad that I'd, I I think I'd rather have like a relief pitcher than any of these guys that are available? I mean, no, but like you want upside. It's a little bit tough there. Yeah, I guess I'm going to take Vargas. I don't know. I guess. The last pick was terrible. Yeah. All right. You ready for another one? Got to be quick. Yeah, let's do this. All right. Three, two, one create oh five man i got in there quick yeah yeah no i mean we've only got 10 minutes left i i should really time these and figure out exactly how long oh we got devo in here free money guys devo's playing the rake yeah i appreciate that devin devin do you ever just think about putting like big headers over us like whenever we insult you i guess you don't get insulted that much because you're such a nice kind intelligent you you were thinking about it um now you're like oh he can do that i'm gonna be really nice to him now Um, (laughs) i don't really i'm just i'm surprised you haven't messed around with a baby filter or the opposite have you not seen dean's the one with dean's uh we were doing a show last i think it was a couple weeks ago and chop posted dean's like um what a what a baby photo would look at dean and Devin messaged me. It's like, make sure you mention that I have it in the credits. Um, so he has the ability to do those kind of things. I, you know, Devin, we're, we're still buds, but you're still paying the rake in this one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I posted a picture of him, baby Dean next to woman Jean, Dean side by side. And it was, it was pretty humorous. I'll tell you that. Um, I can't remember what I was going to say anymore. My memory ain't so good. Uh, yeah, completely got. Oh, my problem is whenever I use the baby or the woman filter, it doesn't get my beard. So, like, it has my face and then it just a big old beard right under it, right under the face of a woman or a baby. So you'd look kind of like the bearded lady. Yeah, no, that was exactly it. I look exactly like the bearded lady from The Greatest Showman. I haven't seen that movie. It's It'll bring a tear to you. It's got some good music. It's enchanting. I would suggest it. I would I would definitely suggest it. Um, guys, any QQs? Go ahead and ask them in chat. Hudson or Perez? I'm more on Team Perez, assuming that the uh, the owner or the weather is going to be all right. Yeah, I think I prefer um, I prefer Hudson and Cash over Perez, um, just because of all the power that Seattle has, they can get to Perez. But yeah, I prefer Hudson and Cash. All right, stack the Red Sox or go back to Arizona. I'm, I'm probably fading I'm really, the Red Sox. I'm probably not going to stack either one of those teams, to be honest. I think Peralta and Escobar are good one-offs. 
Um, I think the Red Sox are interesting one-offs, uh, maybe two-mans, but I'm not. I don't think I'll fully stack either one of those teams today. I mean, I like I like the Diamondbacks more on a site like Yahoo, where you can get Avila in at seven bucks. Dyson's only nine bucks, and you can round it out with the other lefties: Kettle Marte, Peralta, Escobar, and even throwing Walker for only eleven bucks. There, they're, they're super cheap. Um, is is the words I'm trying to use for things. Um, Bellinger gone. Belliari went, didn't he? I picked him. Yeah. Oh, what you think you're better than me? No, yeah. but uh, I think um, his projection's really low on draft today. I noticed that earlier when I was doing my drafts. Um, yeah, I when I was setting happy. my rankings to do my drafts. <laughs> yeah, my plan was hoping I got like the fifth pick in this draft, and then going Jock, and then Belly, and then Rusty. I was going to take Jock too. Like I was going to make a little bit of a. a uh Dodgers stack but then like Anthony Rendon was there and I was like man he's one of the top hitters today I gotta play him instead yeah I mean we didn't even talk about the Dodgers stack and I have no idea why FYI lip we already said Brewers lefties are fantastic um the Dodgers stack they're going up against Pena Pena gives up a whole lot of bombs it's being played over in Anaheim where people don't realize it's a much better home run park it's not terribly hot but it's decently humid and there's so much power in this Dodgers lineup, and there's a whole bunch of lefties there at the top. Peterson, Muncy, Bellinger, Seager. You can go with all four of those guys. And even Turner that can hit righties and lefties. It's not like Payne is good against righties, just not as bad. Um, I, I I think that um, I think that they're one of the better stacks on the slate and a perfect pivot away from Coors. Yeah, um, I love Dodgers. I said it earlier. Uh, they're my favorite contrarian stack. I don't know if they're going to be contrarian. Uh, I guess a lot of people have been talking about them today, uh, according to chat. But I, I do like this spot quite a bit um, for the Dodgers. I think it's a it's a really high upside spot for them. At I still think it's going to be lower ownership. Yeah, QQ four four stack or four two stack. Which do you prefer? I'm assuming you meant four th- or five three stack. Four four or five three. Honestly, it depends on the slate. I'm a big fan of five one 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 stacks depending on what pitching's on the slate if there's some high upside along with some low priced options that's i think the better way to go is get a five man stack with all the guys having a potential of a home run like milwaukee day is a perfect example uh yelich shah moustakis thames grandall all have a decent shot at a home run all have power and then you can go with three one-offs that are cheap and then afford to pay out for guys like corbin guys like Paddock, guys like Paxton all have a huge amount of upside. Uh, pair one of them with a low price guy with a huge amount of upside like Perez, and you've got a fantastic upside lineup that actually has a pretty decent floor. Um, Chop says, what up, guys? Not, not what a up? What are, how are you doing, Chop? Doing good? Um, I did not plan this out well. What do we do? We got seven minutes. Do we just draft until until time? No, we do another. I, I think we could probably fit in another five, man, actually. I all right, I'm getting fast. ready. You ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, create. Um, I will say, like, it, it certainly depends on the slate for me uh, as far as stacking. You know, I, I, I typically am more of a 3-3 three, three person than anything else. I feel like I end up on more 3-3s, three, 1-1 one, one after that. And I end up more on more 3-3 three, three stacks than I do anything else uh, on FanDuel and DraftKings. I don't, um, I don't do a lot of five-person stacks. I will say that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it, it's just the way that scoring works. Like over on FanDuel, stacking is more of a priority because 
walks are worth the same as hits. Runs and RBIs are worth more than hits or walks. Over on DraftKings, it's two points compared for a walk, hit, or RBI compared to three for a single. So it doesn't really like work out as well stacking. You're more looking for home runs than anything. And everyone's now stacking that you end up chopping with the same lineup all the way up and down. Um, yes, if you stack, there's an ability for your hitters to get more runs, and then you're going to face positional players in the bullpen if you're way out ahead. Like, there's a whole lot of reasons, but it's not nearly as viable as it is over on Yahoo, over on uh, FanDuel. It's just that simple. Stacking is not a requirement on DraftKings anymore. Yeah, this season's been a lot different, too. There's been so many home runs and stuff hit that, you know, you're getting so many home runs throughout the, throughout the slate that stacking on DK is not as much. But I, I typically end up more on three threes. But I think that, you know, any way that you feel comfortable how you're looking at stacks on the slate, I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, you have to make your decision on what you want to do with your lineups. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's up to you. You can do whatever you want. There isn't really a right answer. Everything's different on different slates. Like, if you're doing a 1% owned stack, kind of like Arizona was yesterday, I think they were more, more around 2%, then I'm fine with a stack like that on DK. You're getting them at super low ownership. They all had power, and it all panned out because they all got home runs. Um, but if you're taking a 30% owned stack and doing a full five-man stack, like half the field is in course today, it's not really a great idea. Probably not going to work out for you. Yeah, that would be my guess is you're just going to not win much money or you're going to lose all your money. If you're chopping with 30% of the field, your chances of you taking the first spot, which everything's so top-heavy, are not real likely. And Look at all these Cubs and Rockies going off the board because son of a biscuit. Stop texting me, people. Um, darn group texts. Luckily, I was smart enough to turn off the turn off the whatever it is, display, so you guys don't know what we're texting about because we're texting about a barbecue event over in Denver on Sunday, which I love barbecue. Best barbecue you've ever had, go. Best barbecue I've ever had? I think one of the best barbecue places I've ever had is Martin's in um, Nashville. I like that place a lot. Um, but I went to – I can't remember the name of this place, but it's by – where Memphis Grizzlies play basketball um, in in Memphis, uh, they have a barbecue place. It's right there. It was it's probably my favorite one I've ever had. Um, but we have a lot of good barbecue places here in Florida, so I get a lot of good barbecue. Yeah, my place hands down. It's called Asian American Barbecue in Weed, California. Son of a biscuit, they took Muncie. Um, it's it's like just this hole in the wall place in a middle of nowhere town that the only thing they're known for is the town being named weed that's literally all they're known for and it's the best they have like seven smokers outside it's this nice couple that runs it and i don't know what it is but what they do to it probably put some sort of drugs into it that makes it taste so good but i don't even care it's incredible eating it anyway <laughs> yeah look if it, if it has like i wouldn't care if they have arsenic in there and it's gonna knock 10 years off my life 100% worth it. All right. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how I want to end this draft. My team looks a lot like a lot of the teams that I've drafted today. Yeah. And what do you got? Let's see. Nolan, Baez, Schwarber. Uh, let's see. Are any 
I don't know if any Cubs are left on the board. You probably want to end it. Yeah. Um, I'm going Paddock Kepler. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I've got one guy in mind. You guys can see my screen. That's also the problem with doing these shows. I always set up pre-draft rankings. That's why, I, that's why I messaged you and I was like, hey, you want to host today? Because <laughs> yeah. I did a ton of drafts today and all my, my things. Um, and I still had some going when, when I had emailed you. I think they're all done now, though. That was the worst when I had 300 drafts going and I do, do one of these shows. I'm like, well, I can't change my pre-draft rankings. Oh, well, I guess everyone's going to know exactly what to do. Yeah. Yeah, if your drafts are done, who cares? Like that, that's how I look at it. Oh, power to you. Thanks for watching the show. <laughs> like, yeah at the end of the day all right guys it's been fun we got to get out of here next show i believe we have we have chop and i believe it's will taking over i don't believe it's me uh, i think kirk has some prior engagement then we have dean and pepsi then we got cardi jsu and roth it's been fun guys stevie give me one home run call before we leave home run call um max muncie all right i'm going yasmani grandal and it is time for us to get out of here Good luck on your shows. Enjoy the rest of the shows today. We're out of here. See you, kids. Bar at six of my favorite plays on Yahoo for Tuesday night, including five bats outside of Coors Field. Some stud bats, I think, are underpriced. We can take advantage of a starting pitcher. I think is way too cheap. And of course, my favorite play in the slate, the beast of the night. Who are we looking at tonight? Billy up to the fantasy bar and find out. Welcome in, guys. Tuesday edition beers, daily fantasy six pack. Glad to be back here once again in the fantasy bar with six of my favorite plays on Yahoo. But again, plays that are playable across the DFS landscape, FanDuel and DraftKings as well. But we'll focus on the Yahoo pricing here for tonight. Again, some stud bats I think are underpriced. Goodbye lows right now, and we'll give you bats outside of Coors Field. It's a great spot, but you don't need me to tell you to play Coors Field bats. We saw what happened there last night. We're going to get more runs there again, but I think there's plenty of other good spots to go to. So let's start with one of my favorite spots, and that's the Washington Bats. Once again, they were productive last night. I like the spot for them again, so let's lead off with shortstop, Trey Turner, $16. So we saw double-digit runs out of Washington. I think that's definitely in the realm of possibilities here once again for the Nationals. And Trey Turner absolutely locked in right now. Three straight multi-hit games. Home runs in each of the last two games. He had nice Woba over 400 against left-handed pitching this season. And Mr. Benulo's probably destroyed that name there. But the point is we want to pick on him even if we can't say his name. 418 weighted OBA, 270 is the ISO for him. Allowed two right-handed hitters. The Nats, a great stack here tonight. Trey Turner feels a little bit too cheap at just $16. Let's stay on the infield. Next play for us, third baseman Miguel Sano, $15. So this is another great buy low price here on a guy. Another thing you're going to get, you're going to get a guy that's hitting down in the order, rejecting to hit seventh, and there's a big advantage to that. A lot of people looking for those first through fifth hitters, cash games, they definitely want to stack as many in bats as I can get, but in tournaments, no problem going with a guy like this hitting down in the lineup. Now let's go back to the price, just $15. He's been $20 in three of the last five games, and this is the cheapest price we've seen 
since May 24th. You guys know I love the good buy low. I think it's something you should definitely be looking at. And we get that here with Miguel Sano. Now, let's move from the pricing to the stats. Big 282 ISO against right-handed pitching. Big number there. And Mike Leak, we know it's been a disaster. 248 ISO allowed, two right-handed hitters. That's equated to a 2.25 home runs per nine. Gives up the fly ball, hard contact we like to see. Both numbers over 40%. Love this spot for Minnesota. I love this price. I'm Miguel Sano. Just $15. All right, to the outfield. Maybe the best buy low right now is Mookie Betts. Just $17. So as the graphic says, under $20, don't overthink this. Just get Mookie Betts in your lineup. We're talking about a Woba. Just a shade under 400 against righties. ISO well over 200 against right-handed pitching. And Urado, a guy we can definitely take advantage of here with Mookie Betts. 372 Woba allowed. 225 ISO allowed, hard contact rate at 40%. So he checks all the boxes that we are looking for. But the big advantage here, and something a lot of people don't look at, we talk about it all the time, is looking at pitch types and how these guys match up. This is a great matchup for Mookie Betts. Urado loves to throw that sinker 56% of the time. That's his pitch to right-handed hitters. You see the stats on the page. Four bets against that pitch. You know he's going to get plenty of sinkers here, and I think he does. Big time damage with him, $17, way too cheap on outfielder Mookie Betts. All right, let's continue with the bylaws back to the infield at second base with Brandon Lowe, $14. Now the buy low joke here, just way too easy. So we'll, we'll pass on that here with Brandon Lowe. The point is $14, very nice price on him and a guy that is absolutely red hot. We're talking about eight hits over the last four games, three home runs, seven RBIs in just the last two games alone. And the strikeouts are generally a concern with Brandon Lowe. I mean, we're talking about a guy with an almost 30% strikeout rate against right-handed pitching. Well, the good news here is Mike Fires only ringing up lefties at a 16% clip. So it kind of negates some of that downside we get in the strikeout department with Brandon Lowe. Not to mention that he's a tremendous fastball pitcher, and Fires loves to use that pitch to lefties. We're talking about a Woba over 500. For Brandon Lowe and an ISO at 394 against that pitch. So again, great price here. The K's are not a concern with a guy like Mike Fires and a red hot Brandon Lowe. Get him in those lineups at a value price of just $14. All right, we got to get you a starting pitcher. I promised you a stud with some upside. It's too cheap. To me, that's Trevor Bauer, $46. This feels like under 50 feels wrong for Trevor Bauer. You know, and Paxton is kind of in the same range. I think he's going to be a popular option. I prefer Bauer here. The strikeouts have just been very consistent with him. We're talking about seven or more strikeouts in 11 of his 14 starts. When we look at the Reds, they check in bottom 10 in the league in strikeouts against right-handed pitching. The other numbers, not a potent lineup here against righties. The ISO down, the Woba down, not a team that's going to do a lot of damage here. And Bauer probably should be about $55 at 46 in this matchup. I think it's definitely possible. Some of the value bats we gave you, there's some other guys I think are too cheap as well. Could have probably done a 12-pack today. But Trevor Bauer, my pitcher of choice here on Yahoo at just $46. All right, it's time to take a look at my favorite play. But before we do that, guys, who's your favorite play? Who's your beast of the night? I want to hear it. Get in the comment section. Let me know. While you're there on YouTube, guys, if you're enjoying the Fantasy Six Pack, take a second, click that thumbs up button, guys. Really helps us out, and I greatly appreciate it. Now, let's take a look at my favorite play. You know him as the Beast of the Night. All right, 
Beast time. We're going to go back to the outfield. We're going to go a tick over $20. We're going to go with outfielder Cody Ballinger, $21. Tonight's Beast of the night. And even this price, when he's not $25, $26, $27, it jumps off the page to me. So you get the double whammy here, the buy low price at $21. You also get the recency bias. And the box scores aren't jumping off the page here recently. Ballinger's starting to come back to earth a little bit, but over the course of the season, we're talking about a Woba over 500 against right-handed pitching. We just don't get that very often. An ISO at 361. So we're talking about top of the heap numbers in all of Major League Baseball. Second in Woba, top 10 in ISO. And Pena, we talk about that lethal mix when guys give up a lot of fly balls, a lot of hard contact, especially to lefties. This is not the team you want to do that with. The Dodgers, a tremendous stack here tonight. All that lefty power in that lineup. Going to give these guys opportunities for two-run, three-run, potentially grand slam home run opportunities. But the fly ball rate at 46.5%, the hard contact rate approaching 40% for Mr. Pena. Love this spot for the Dodgers. Woody Bellinger being my favorite at $21. Easily my favorite play on Yahoo and tonight's beast of the night. All right, guys, that'll wrap us up here for Tuesday night in the Fantasy Bar. Any questions, comments, feedback, as always, hit me up in that comment section right below the video. And also reach out on Twitter, at BeermakersFan. For Rotogrinders.com, I am Beer. And salut, best of luck. We'll be back tomorrow with either a FanDuel or DraftKings video. Haven't decided yet, so come on back for that. But good luck tonight on Yahoo, on FanDuel, on DraftKings, wherever you're playing tonight. And we'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good luck, guys. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Yahoo Tournament Edition here on Roto Grinders for this uh, lovely Tuesday afternoon. I'm going to be your host here for the next hour, talking baseball with you. It's, uh, I'm Head Chopper, and uh, I'll be joined today by 
chief. The big chief is in the house here, man. A little surprise late addition to the team here. We had we have one with uh, we got a new addition here, so I'm, I'm lucky enough to be hanging with Chief out there. So Chief, man, what's going on, man? I, I see so I see you posting some screenshots every once in a while. You must be having a pretty good year so far. Yes, it's been a good year, man. I can't complain. I uh, I'm probably one of the you know many other DFS guys that was hoping that Golden State would pull out another win so I could get a little bit more showdown. Uh, I've I've become very fond of the showdown strategy, man. So I I, I was pretty excited about it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's been a good year. Can't complain. I'm, I'm not where I want to be at for MLB because I've been chasing a, a seat this year for the queue. And just, I, I don't know, I've just missed it uh, by, by a hair, man, uh, a couple days. And one day I was kicking myself. I think I, I read one lineup and uh, didn't put my other one in, and that lineup would have won the queue. So it's just, it's been weird. But uh, it, it is what it is, man. We're, we're going to get going, and let's try to help these people make some money tonight. You said a lot there, man. A lot, a lot to touch on. Number one, you chasing those cues. Boy, there's nothing that'll drain you, your bank real quicker than chasing. <laughs> you got to be careful with those, man. But uh, I know you know what you're doing, and you're in a position. But, man, if you're... If you're a fresh startup out there trying to trying to make your way and actually make a few dollars in DFS, the queues is probably not where you want to be. In fact, you should be doing you should be downloading those Roto Grinders extensions that show you rake uh, percent paid out to every position there in, in each tournament, and you should be getting in the best tournaments for you, man. Those those nice low uh, to first place payouts where they only pay maybe ten percent to first place, and it's a and it's nice spread out even. Try to try to avoid those really super top heavy things if you're just getting started. So that, that's one thing. And, and then you mentioned the basketball, man. I mean, I love me some showdowns too. I've, I've been, I had a pretty good playoff, but I'll tell you, the finals ain't treating me so well. And I tell you why. This is another, this is another thing in, in DFS. Sometimes you're just on the wrong side of a player. No matter if he does well or he does, but you just catch, you can just catch the wrong pattern. Now, when you're on the good side of a guy. And you're and you're playing him when he when he's going off and you're making money and then you're fading him when he doesn't go off. You're just on you're just running good. It happens. Sometimes you're on the opposite side though. This NBA Finals has been all about Demarcus Cousins for me. When I play him, he's just terrible. And when I <laughs> when I've completely 100% faded this guy in these games, he's gone off for a really nice point total and actually could win could win you a, a big title there, man. So. DeMarcus Cousins, man, what am I going to do with this? And now I got another game I got to figure out what the hell to do with Spooky, right? Am I right or am I wrong? Yeah, and, and now they're going to price him up again because uh, he had a good game. And Looney is probably, you know, if he plays, I'm assuming he'll be a little bit more limited. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I haven't, I guess, had as, as good of a finals. And, and the one slate that I did take it down on FanDuel, I think everybody tied for like 600. Uh, so, you know, I mean, that had to be three, four, five hundred spots, you know, a, a first place divvying up, um, you know, it looks looks good in the standings. Doesn't look good when you come in first for six hundred when the actual prize was, I think, you know, 200 K or 150 K, whatever it was. But nevertheless, man, we're going to keep pushing. And let's see if we can do something different and, and, and squeeze out a solo one before before it ends. I agree with that. So, uh, guys, before we get started on the MLB here today gonna remind you to uh hit that like and subscribe button over there on youtube we appreciate all that uh if you like the video or you're just watching the video hit the like button and then uh then get in on the channel so it's good stuff you get in on that channel you can go back and look at all the all the tapes from all the rg shows 
throughout the past day, week, month, whatever you want to do, you go back and rewind it. And you can go back two months from two months ago and look at how Dean may have made a fool of himself on a show or something like that. It's always fun to do that for me. I like to do that, but you know, it's always good for you guys to hit that like and subscribe. It really boosts our numbers here and helps us out a little bit. So, uh, one other thing, Chief, I do, I don't know if you're, oh, you are a golf guy. You do get into a little golf, don't you, man? Yes, sir. Absolutely. We got a big one this week. We got one of the majors coming up, the U.S. Open coming up. I know you're you're locked and ready now. I know you probably haven't built no teams, but I know you're ready for it, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. Listen, you know how I get ready? I follow the GOATs. Notorious. Notorious. Cards. Read a cheek. Listen, I, I don't think for myself on these. I mean, I do think for myself, but I use their knowledge to my advantage. That's how I get my golf in, man. Yeah, I, I agree. We've got some very smart guys here when it comes to the DFS golf here at RG. Got the U.S. Open this weekend, so we're going to have a lot of great content out there. It's going to be good stuff. And uh, we're, we're doing this show. Yahoo is sponsoring this thing. If you go to Yahoo right now, you look at the golf contest. They got a big one this week, $25 buy-in, which is more than what they usually uh, – these are usually $10 buy-ins for their big pools, but they're going to bump it up to 25 so that they can give 10K to first place. I think it's a good tournament. Uh, it's reasonable money. You get over there – I know everybody wants to make a million dollars at one time. That, that sounds great. <laughs> but literally, when you look at the structure, it's like 33 – a whole third of the pool going to first place in those things, and you got to fight out – what, 117,000 people or something like that in these contests to take that down. That's really tough. You get on Yahoo for 25 bucks, you have a reasonable chance to put together a good lineup and make 10K. Can't complain at 10K. It's not 100K, it's not a million, but man, that is that is a bank, that's what we call a bankroll booster right there. That's what you want. You want to chase good money like that. So Yahoo, $25 buy-in. Big money, man. I like it. I'm, I'm in there. I've already maxed it. The best thing is you can only do 10 entries. So even if you That's want to max it out, yeah, you don't have to worry about the uh, the big dogs jumping you for 150 entries. So I'm in my 10 entries. I'm going to get in it. And hopefully you guys show them a little support because uh, I'm really looking forward to what they do during football season, which is right around the corner now. I think they got, oh, some, gosh. They got some big things in store. I don't want to get all happy about it. We got MLB to do, but it's going to be fun. So – with that being said, guys, we need, we're going to build – I'm going to build my – I'm entering in uh, on their big uh, baseball tournament tonight, so we're going to build that lineup here on air. And uh, I'm going to get Chief, who's probably a little bit more in tune with this uh, – with what's going on in MLB than me right now. I'm on it. I'm studying. Don't worry. It's baseball. I got you. But I know this guy is, this guy is on it, so I'm going to lean on him a little bit today. We're going to go through all these positions and these pitchers, and we're going to figure some things out. So – Let's just crank it up here with the pitcher, which is the most important spot, pretty much that you want to that you want to uh, identify first on your, on a nightly basis. So uh, I got some lineup HQ pulled up here for the people to, to check out. So I want to I want to open it up with some pitchers here. Let's start at the top of this list here. What are you seeing, Chief, tonight? Are you seeing? Is it a good night to spend? I mean, I'm not seeing like these huge names like a couple nights ago, where you, you or last night, yeah, Chris Sale, easily, you know, number one guy. Uh, sometimes you'll have those big aces mixed in there. I don't, I'm not seeing the big-name aces tonight. So are we spinning up tonight? Are we going mid-range, or can you pull us some value out? What's your thoughts overall on the, on pitching tonight? Well, um, on, on Yahoo, I'm definitely not paying $50, $54 for Chris Paddock. Not today. I just don't think today is the day. Uh, because I think as we've seen throughout the, the season so far, Offense has been carried, and so if you can, you know, if you can nail a, a pitcher in that forty dollar 
40, $40 to fifty dollar range, not go so high unless it's a sale or a surge. You know, a guy that can get you fifteen k. That's a totally different scenario. Uh, but you know, I I think today, man, I, I think the the lower end, uh, you know, around Paxton Castillo, that Bauer area, Maeda. I'm just using that as an uh, that range as an example. Uh, I think I think you use one of those guys, and then I think you try to find you, you know, a guy in the thirty dollar range that that you can kind of pair with him because I think it's going to be another high score night, and you're going to need some of these bats. There's some value bats out there as well. Uh, so if I can get two quality pitchers in, that's exactly what I'm going to do. But as of right now, I think I'm leaning with one of these, you know, Castillo or Paxton and then taking another spin down in that $30, $30 range. Whew. All right. So you're not a big fan of Paddock, and you're not a big fan of Corbin tonight. So well, uh, I, I like Corbin. I, I, I okay. like Corbin. If but I think too much get, for you. I think I can get equal production from, from Paxton or Castillo, and that's kind of, that's kind of my, you know, my, uh, my deal breaker. I could save, you know, four or five bucks and get what I feel like is the same or more production. All right, well, let's talk to me a little bit more in depth about uh, Castillo or Paxton. Which, which which guy would you rank ahead of the other? And uh, generally, what are you seeing that makes these guys stand out for you? Well, I'm going to start with Paxton just because I think he's got the better matchup against the Mets. I think you guys know how I feel. I just I think the Mets stink. That's my that's been my catchphrase all year. Uh, I'm not backing off of that. That you know, will Alonso hit a home run? Maybe. Uh, but I mean, the K rate is still at 37, uh, you know, over 37%. Um, and, you know, Paxton, man, what he's done to lefties and righties this season, it's been ridiculous. He's 37.2% uh, K in lefties and 32% even K in righties. Uh, and he's definitely got strikeups up and down this lineup. Even though he's not going to see a pitcher today, you got to think, you know, Lagares is going to strike out at least twice. Uh, Rosario will probably strike out at least once or twice. Frazier, Conforto, Alonzo, they're probably going to strike out at least once or twice. I can legitimately see, you know, Paxton racking up 8 to 10 Ks. My only concern with him is uh, is the pitch count. Is he going to get to 90 to, to 95 pitches today? That's my only concern. But I think with this matchup, you know, we've seen him K seven guys in four innings. I think this is another spot where even if he went five, I still think he can get you 8 to 10. So he for upside, I, I like him a lot. He's also drawing the uh, the triple the, the rainbow there of colors in the lineup HQ. Everybody's got a little dot next to him, meaning he's a GPP, a cash, a core save. You know, just he's got a little right up there. So I, I got a feeling he's going to be a popular option. But uh, seems like uh, a head and shoulders better guy in that category. But uh, you mentioned a couple other guys that are interesting, slightly cheaper Bauer and Maeda. I mean, where do they fall for you on the on the grand spectrum of things? Can you pair them with Paxton, or, or are you absolutely sold on going a lot cheaper? Um, I'm, honestly, if I was going to pair anyone in that range, I, I think I'd just go Castillo. Uh, Cleveland, you know, while I feel like on paper they, they look like, you know, a heavy-hitting team because, you know, they got the name value right now with Lindor, with Jose Ramirez, you know, Carlos Santana. I, their strikeouts in this lineup, I mean, if you guys pull up lineup HQ, you can see – not lineup HQ, play that Q, you can see it for yourself. The bottom of this lineup, uh, there's no one under 25%. Six, seven, eight, nine, everybody's, you know, 23% or higher. You got Naquin there as well at 27%. 
And I kind of talked about this as well, the fact that I like Castillo because if you look at what he's doing to lefties and righties this year, it's pretty even across the board. Uh, he's got a, you know, 0.085 ISO to lefties, a 0.099 to righties, a 2.87 Woba to lefties, a, a 2.33 to righties. The K rate to lefties is 29.3. The K rate to righties is 29.5. And, and the walk rate is just a touch higher, but the ground ball rate is 61% and 62% respectively. So, I mean, really, I, I think Castillo, man, I feel like he's got a longer leash right now. The pitch count, we've seen him get up, you know, to 100, even 111 pitches. Uh, in one of the last two starts. So he's a guy I think is comparable to Paxton in terms of upside, and I don't think he's going to get the ownership today. But I think if I was going to pair someone, Castillo would be my guy hands down. Fair enough. So let's, let's go on to the next segment there. Uh, slightly below those guys, you got names like eh, – not not good names either, like Spencer Turnbull, John Means – I think we'll get some some decent guys. Brad Peacock, Martin Perez has been like this. Uh, he's come out of nowhere here. He said we used to stack yeah. we used to stack against this guy all the time, and I don't know what happened. To him. <laughs> Is there anybody in this next range that you find appealing at all? Yeah, listen, out of this thirty thirty dollar range, man. I mean, he's kind of closer to the top, but Martin Perez is my guy. Uh, Seattle has been struggling against you know left handed pitching this season, and you know that's something else I kind of mentioned. You know, Encarnacion can hit two home runs, and that can be all their points. And he can strike everybody else out. And, I mean, we've seen that, I think, two or three games this season, Chop, against left-handed pitching where Encarnacion, you know, you look, he's got 30 fantasy points, and nobody else has any. And uh, so I, I, I really like Perez here. Um, you know, I like what he's been able to do this season. And then, you know, if you look at the K race to this team, uh, they've only got two guys, you know, under – 20%. That's E5 and Vogelbach. Uh, but Vogelbach doesn't have the ISO numbers against left-handed pitching. He's got the fly ball rate. So, you know, with the lower ISO, I'm not saying he's not going to send it out of the park, but I would much more just assume a few fly ball outs and, 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 and a, a slew of strikeouts from everybody else. So I, I really like Perez at 39. I don't think he'll get a lot of ownership either, but I think he's the right play today. All right, let's keep drifting down from there. You got a in the same in the same range that mid third mid to the high thirty dollar range on Yahoo, Mike Fiers uh, or Fires or however however Dean pronounces it, I don't know. He got on me <laughs> last time I did a show. He got on me, but Jose Quintana got a bigger name, but he's in Colorado tonight. Yeah. Fultonevich, Fultonevich is a is a guy who I mean, you talk about some upside. That's your that's your team. That's your team right there in Atlanta. They, Absolutely, that guy comes out every once in a while and produces some big upside. Arietta's there, bigger name than he is a talent these days. But uh, give me this next range, you guys. Any interest in any of these guys, or or just a straight up fade? Uh, I mean, honestly, I, I, I'm not I'm not playing uh, Fires tonight. I'm not playing Fulte, Quintana, Arietta, Pena. I'm not playing any of those guys. Thornton is a guy who's a little higher on early in the day. Um, j just because it was Baltimore, but I'm, I'm kind of fading away from him as the day's gone on, just because I think there are guys even cheaper than him that has, you know, the same upside. So, it, it, and let me just kind of talk about Fulte real quick, because I think he could be popular, and I think Archer could be popular. I know Archer had a good start, but the weather's good out there in Atlanta. Um, you know, these guys are going to have the platoon split on Fulte, a massive platoon split today, especially with Eric Dickerson coming back. Um, not Eric, Jesus, I'm thinking football, man. Chop, you got me, you got me going to football. Uh, Corey Dickerson coming back. 
So I, I'm not touching Fulte. He's he's struggled with lefties his whole career. And, uh, you know, you got to see Dickerson, Bell, Moran, Polanco, and Frazier. I just, I just don't see how he puts up the massive score that we would need in that range. So I'm going to fade him. Man, I'm fading Archer for the same reason. Um, so, yeah, th- those guys, I'm just kind of scratching them off. Uh, I think Dakota Hudson is going to get a lot of traction because it's Miami. I'm not as high on Hudson today. Um, I think in this range, I actually think I play Freddie Freddie Peralta at thirty dollars. I think I think he's got got just as much upside as all of these guys. I'd rather take the discount. Do I think it's a safe matchup with Houston? Uh, absolutely not. But I think from thirty dollars on up, I feel like he's got just as much upside as anybody. And so, you know, while Hudson may be facing Miami, I don't think he has the same K upside. So I'd be willing to roll out uh, Peralta. And Peter Lambert, you know, he put up a good start the last game, but that's fool's gold. If you go back and look at his minor league numbers, uh, this guy was getting rocked every season. So I'm not buying into a one a one start at a 33% K rate. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Hudson. That's the premier matchup on the board. That's what we usually look for is the matchup against Miami. You're saying you're not you're not as sold on his on his strikeouts. That's cool. Uh, Peralta got the upside. You mentioned him. So those are the guys in that range. Quick question for you. You're the Atlanta guy here. What do you think about that signing of Dallas Keuchel? Man? Listen, man, I brought that up like beginning of the season. And, and, and so I was super excited to see that we picked him up, man. You know, a guy that, that's won a championship. And I, I don't, you know, for those of you that play sports, I think you know what it's like, man, when you get somebody around you that's won, that's been in a winning culture, that's done it. And uh, I think he's going to be good for our ball club, man. So I, I was really excited uh, with that Keiko signing. Uh, welcome, welcome to the Chop House, Dallas Keiko. Yeah, I know all about the guy, former Astro. So uh, good luck yes, to him. It'd be, it'd be that would be very interesting to see uh, Keiko and the Braves face off against his old team, the Astros, in the World Series. I think would <laughs> that'd be pretty interesting. But uh, I got a question for you in chat. We did kind of gloss over this guy. I do want your opinions on uh, Jake, Jake Junis tonight. Oh man, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't like him. I just the matchup's good, but I just I, I think he's overpriced. Before I played Junis, I, I think I, I think I played you know, Archer over Junis. I just I, I don't, I'm not a Junis guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he just doesn't have have the stuff for me, uh, in, in that price range. All right, let's round out the pitchers by going uh, dumpster diving here. Just in case you found, you know, somebody wanted to stack the most expensive bats across the board, which is, you know, a a fine strategy sometimes if you you can find the cheap pitch. Take me to these guys under $30, these $25 and $27 pitchers on Yahoo. They're just some really rough names in here, but can we extract any value from way down there in that $25 range? Yeah, I think I think if you're gonna do it, I think the guy is Darwin's and Hernandez. Okay. Um, you know, you know, he's a guy I looked at his minor league stuff as well. The one thing that's been true with him is unlike uh our our, our other good friend Mr. Peter there, that's gonna be out there in cores, this guy's K rate has been true all the way through the minors. So, you know, if if you look at what he's done uh in terms in terms of, of K percentage, uh his first season he was at like 11.7%. That was in 2014. But if you look at 2015 through now, 23.7, 25.9, 25.8, 28.3, 31.3, you're starting to see a trend. The K rate has climbed 
every season uh, since he's been there. And, and, and the XFIP has been, you know, fairly low or, or, or stayed in that 3.3 range as well. 3.31 in 2015, 3.83, 3.9, 3.7, and uh, 3.76. So, you know, he's a guy that, you know, especially since Texas hasn't seen him, the K rate's been there throughout, you know, all the way through, you know, what he's been doing in the minors. He's a guy, I think, if you're a dumpster diver, I think that's the guy you go to uh, if, if you want to load up on some offense. Fair enough. Now comes uh, decision time. I got to pick a couple of pitchers to put on my Yahoo team here. So uh, first guy is pretty easy for me. You mentioned him. You talked him up. You like him a lot. I'm going James Paxton. Yeah. I'm going James Paxton, number one here. I like the price tag. I like the uh, matchup. Everything looks good there. So then the decision comes, and this is where it gets a little tougher here. Do I want to go that next range right under there with Castillo? Do I want to go even cheaper with uh, – I, I really like Freddie Peralta tonight. Or I, I, I agree with you in Dumpster Diving. I think we can get away with a $25 Hernandez tonight. I think that's a very viable strategy. If I need it, I can come back to that. But for right now, I think I'm going to plug in Peralta, and I'll tell you why. He's got that upside. He's got those Ks. We didn't mention it enough, but this Astros lineup, all, although they've still produced wins lately, they're just so beat up. They're just so injured. You're missing three of the game's best hitters. He's going to catch up to you eventually. So I'm going to I'm going to put in Peralta for now. If I need to save five bucks later to make a perfect lineup hitting, I can go. I can go and alter it if I have money left over. I can always jump up later on. So I'm going with some Freddie Peralta for now. What do you think about Paxton Peralta combo on Yahoo? Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. I, I'm I'm all aboard that. Let, let's ride that out. All right, let's see how it plays out. Now let's talk about some hitting. We need to uh, break it down position by position with some of our favorite guys here in the mix. For uh, we got to do all the positions here on Yahoo. So let's crank it up at catcher. You know, it's the position everybody wants to get out of the way first. Most people, and myself included, like to take this thing and look for a seven dollar guy, just the, the the cheapest guy I can get on the board and still get some production from. But is there anybody that jumps out to you as far as far as raw production? Let's say there was no salary cap and you're just trying to. And you're, and you're going to load up with all-stars. Who's, who's your top couple of guys, just raw points here tonight? Man, honestly, it's not even one of the big guys tonight. Uh, for me, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm more matchup dependent than anything else. So if I can give some Kurt Suzuki tonight, if he's in, if he happens to be in a lineup against Van Walos out there in Chicago, uh, he's my first guy in, uh, you know, and even if he's not, you know, that's just kind of where I'm going. One one of these Washington catchers, and Yon Gomes is already $7. So those are actually my first two uh, targets tonight. You know, th those are the guys I want to play. Uh, I do have a little bit of interest in Josh Fegley at $13. I think he could have a – I think he could send one out of the park. He profiles really well against Beats. But, but man, you know, th this Washington – these Washington righties, uh, I got a lot of interest in them, and it starts with those catchers. So Gomes – or Suzuki would be one of my first two guys in. Yeah, I think that's where I'm going to go here on the lineup. I'm going to plug in one of the cheap guys. Right now we're projecting Gomes in that lineup. Actually, he's in there. So uh, okay. just, just just say uh, the doubleheader. I think the Yankees are playing a doubleheader tonight. We got a high price. You can never go really wrong with Gary Sanchez if you had the money left over. So if you did have, let's say, 20 bucks left over for your catcher, Sanchez, Contreras, Ionetta at home against the lefty, in, in Coors Field, what do you what do you think about all, any of those guys? Yeah, for sure, man. Listen, I'm never going to talk anybody off Gary to go. Uh, this guy's got you know 
double home run potential anytime he's out there. Um, so, so he's a guy that I, I will for sure plug in. And he, here's something else too, Chop. Uh, you know, I love the Twins today. So, I mean, if we were spending all the way up, for me today, I think if I was going all the way up, I'd take Mitch Garver at $22. You got to think he's going to be low owned. And this guy's been talking about raking. This guy's been raking all year. So um, if I was going to go all the way up, I think I'd go to Garver just because the Twins are kind of my number one ranked team of the day. But but like I said, you know, Suzuki, well, Gomes now, because Gomes is the one that's playing. You know, in terms of what I feel like is pure value, he's my guy. But never going to talk you off Gary to go. Never. Cool. I'm going to plug in uh, Gomes here. I think I agree with you. I always like those cheap catchers. This is a good matchup. He's got that split working in his favor. We'll add Jan Gomes to our team. we got three guys now. We're going to have about 16 per player left. And uh, let's head on over to first base and see if we can. Let me refresh my let me refresh my lineup HQ to get some fresh lineups in here. We've had a couple come in since the show started. Always, always good to give your, your little refresh button there. So let's go to first base now. Also, you guys are getting a little bonus today. I'm pulling up the bat projections by Derek Cardi. I really trust him as a nice baseline yeah. projection system. To, you know, it can eliminate some guys for you. It can boost some guys for you. That's all you need. You should never be in here plugging in his optimal lineup in your GPPs. That's probably not the way to go, <laughs> you know, but, you know, it's a good, it's a good way. It's a good thing to eliminate players. And like I said, boost them up accordingly and then, and then figure it out compared to that uh, ownership percentage, which will be in the premium column when, when they have it out. I don't think they have the Yahoo ownership numbers out just yet, but pretty sure they got on my DraftKings and FanDuel. So uh, that's what you got to do. You got to use all that stuff to your advantage. That's, that's what the lineup HQ does for you. So first base. Cool. We, we got the Colorado game tonight, you know, going to score some runs there. So we got a guy like Rizzo out there. You got your boy Freeman, probably going to go far less around than the other guys that up at the top here because the name Archer looks more uh, like an impending doom than it really is. He's not the same guy he used to be with Tampa Bay. So some of these high price guys, what do you, what do you think about these uh, first basemen? Man, look, uh, man, there's so many first basemen tonight, Chop. I mean, they're, they're – First baseman of plenty. Uh, my, my favorites are, are Bell and Freeman right now. Uh, I think you take your pick. Uh, for me, I, I think I'm going to side with Josh Bell at, at 27. I think I'd take him over Freeman, especially in tournaments. You know, if you think Freeman's going to be low on, you got to think Josh Bell's going to be lower on than him. And, and, and Bell is really, I mean, he's been fantastic this year. You just, I don't even want to try to quantify or explain how well he's been hitting. He's just been hitting well. I think he's, you know, for sure going to make the all-star team this year. Um, but I think all the way, if we're going all the way up top, I think I'd fade Rizzo, and I think I'd go for Bell or Freeman. I would side with Bell. That's where I'm at up top. I got a lot of guys I like below that. But, but oh, Bell's we'll, we'll, we'll talk about some of those in a minute. But real quick, I, I do I do want to get your thoughts on this. So I'm building a lineup here, and I look at these – I pull up these first basemen, and I see that Rizzo is $2 cheaper than Freeman, $2 cheaper than Bell. He's in course field. He's against a righty, a righty that we're, we're not particularly fearing in this no. matchup. So my first instinct as a DFS player here, boy, how can I fade Rizzo? He's cheaper than the other guys, and he's in such a premier spot, and he's getting this high, the high, higher projection than anybody else. So tell me. Tell me why I should be fading Rizzo here. What really, it's just an ownership play. And, and baseball is a zero-floor sport. Rizzo had the best matchup of the night and could legitimately, you know, not do anything. 
And so, you know, I think, but, but I'm not fading them just for that. I think Freeman and Bell have an equal opportunity to, 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 to match what Rizzo could do on this slate. So, you know, that, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I don't play Coors Field a lot anyway, just because I always feel like they're overpriced. Um, but obviously Rizzo's in a fantastic spot. But I, I just I think Bell and Freeman have, have just as much of an opportunity to go yard. Okay, I'm going to keep that in mind. I'm not going to fill out that spot yet because I, I want to do some other things before I start filling out some of these hitters, and we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, let's go down, then. Let's go down a little bit cheaper. Those are your high-priced guys. If, if, you're, if you're trying to save a little money and get in that mid-range, give me some other names uh, that we should be looking out for tonight. Yeah, I'll throw a couple out that I really like. So Max Muncy is a guy that, that I really like today. Uh, I, I think he's he's squarely in play. Um, I, I, I just think he, he's going to be a really, really, really good play tonight. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt at $15. I, listen, man, th- this picture that he's facing tonight, uh, he, I, I think he's giving up the long ball. Eliezer Hernandez has just not been good, and not just this season. Last season, you you name it. The guy has not been good, giving up tons of hard contact, chop. I mean, you know, in, in terms of what he's giving up the righties, man, uh, and I'm I'm going back to last season because that's going to be a little bit more applicable of his skill set. Uh, 50, 50.5% fly ball rate, chop, giving up 33% hard contact. Uh, line drive rate at 22%. So pretty much everything is either, you know, a moonshot, or, or a tightrope, you know, and, and so, you know, when you get a guy like Goldsmith, who's been been good at both sides of the plate for all of his career, 230 ISO, uh, I just, I think he's in play at 15. He's kind of my guy. If I was going to spin in that range, man, you just, Paul Goldsmith's in a fantastic spot today. I mean, you mentioned Goldsmith. I got a question in chat real quick. It says, are your thoughts in general on a, on a Cardinal stack tonight? Yeah, I think you just kind of uh, said think Cardinals are Cardinals are ranked number three on my list. Uh, in terms of stacks for me right now, it's Minnesota, Washington, St. Louis. Oh, you're giving, away, you're giving away the goods. I haven't got to the stack portion yet. Just, <laughs> oh, my bad. My bad. I'm, I'm messing up here, man. Save a little something for the people. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, so Goldschmidt's been priced really good all year long, and he's still got that good price at 15 bucks. And even, But even below him, we got a guy like Reese Hoskins at $12. Yeah, too yeah. cheap. Yeah, way too cheap. So, like, give me your thoughts on Hoskins. Anybody below him that you would possibly take? And uh, just s- s- summarize the first base for us after that. If if Mark Reynolds is in the lineup, he's $9. Hmm. It, it, I mean, if he's out there, just, oof, that that's a that's going to be a tough fade, man. I, th- I think $9 on him out there in Coors Field. And that's kind of, you know, I- I'm kind of cutting it off there, uh, you know, because I, I don't think I think once we get down that low, we might be pushing it a little bit. But I, I think I think nine dollars on Mark Reynolds is about as low as we would need to go if he if he cracks the lineup. Yeah, this is clearly a case where uh, you, you you pay up for the Bell or the Freeman, like you said, or you get in that mid range with some absolute studs that we talked about: Goldschmidt, Hoskins, or even Mark Reynolds. But there's really no reason to push down to a a, a dirt cheap guy like a seven dollar range. There's, there's yeah. just, it's just it's already hard enough to decide between these first basemen. So yeah, let's, uh, let's keep it in that range. So we got those guys in the back of our mind. Let's go to second base now, figure out what we can do at this uh, 
at this position, our highest projected guy on the board is going to be Moose. He's he's typically that way. He's got a not a, that's not an easy matchup against Peacock though. But uh, after that, we got a bunch of mid-range guys: Dozier, Kendrick projected, Lemayhew in the second game. Supposedly he makes the lineup and all that good stuff. So, talk to me about second base. Some of your higher projected guys. Man, look, I've just I've been living with DJ Lemayhew, man. Uh, this guy, if, if you just look at what he's been doing this season, Chop, I think I mention him every time I come on the air because I think he goes overlooked. But this guy is raking. Is he hitting a home run every day? No. He's driving in runs. He's getting on base. He, he's a big-time fantasy producer, so I would be remiss if I did not mention DJ LeMahieu. With that being said, uh, second base right now, I think Howie Kendrick's my favorite. Uh, I, I, like I said, I love this Washington team. He profiles really well against Banuelos. If you look at his numbers, uh, you know, in terms of just against left-handed pitching this season, this whole team, the ISOs are, are through the roof. And, uh, you know, I, I think I think Kendrick is the number one guy at, uh, at second base today. I mean, ISO 226, 440 Woba, 16.7% K rate. I mean, he, he should be an on-base machine tonight, period. All right, so $1 cheaper than him and a one spot lower in the batting order is Brian Dozier's teammate. Like, what's the tiebreaker there, man? Because Dozier's been a guy's whole career. We've always looked at, with the exception of last year, was the first year where he didn't really absolutely smash left-handed pitching. So what's your yeah. tiebreaker there, man? Well, I mean, I, I think it depends on how you want to approach it because there are pros and cons to both. You know, Dozier's got the ISO. He's got the fly ball numbers. You know, the K rate is 6% higher, though. And, uh, you know, and the walk rate is higher as well. So, uh, you know, I think most people may side with Dozier for that reason. But I like guys that aren't going to strike out as much. Um, maybe, I, I think the tiebreaker for me may, may be ownership on that one. You know, if Dozier's 12% and Kendrick's 5 maybe you take Kendrick. If Kendrick's 12% and Dozier's 6 maybe you take Dozier. I think Dozier will be a little higher owned, so I'm on side with Kendrick for right now. Fair enough. Those guys got some really fair price tags. It's not yeah. none of them are over the top. So uh, that's where I'm going to be living tonight. But uh, yeah, just say a guy is building his lineup. He's at second base and can't spend more than 10 or $11. He needs somebody lower than that. Is there anybody in the lineup right now you're looking at going, all right, I can definitely feel comfortable about playing a guy like Kiki Hernandez at nine bucks or something like that. Anybody stand out to you? Yeah, Ozzy Alves is getting hot at the plate. Um, for 11 bucks, you know, in the eight hole, you know, he's not going to get ownership. Yes. Uh, you know, Mr. Archer's been struggling with lefties. Archie's a switch. So he's definitely going to be batting from the left side of the plate today. He, he's a guy that I like. And, and I think if you're going really low, Colton Wong, my boy, Colton Wong, eight bucks chop in the six hole against one of the worst pitchers on the slate. We, you know, I talked about like in St. Louis, Colton Wong, man, I, I, he's a favorite of mine on this late today for, on the low end. All right, then. We got some cheap guys we can go to, feel good about, some guys in the mid-range who should produce. So I like it. We'll see where it takes us here in a minute in our lineup, Bill. I want to get through the positions before we start plugging in hitters, though, because you got to have an overview of the whole system before you start just randomly putting guys in there. Third base. All right. Again, the course field game is – the course field game standing out at third base because you're going to get Bryant against uh, Lambert. You're going to get Arenado against the left-hander, which is Arenado at home against the left-hander. Some of the best numbers you'll ever see in baseball with some of the advanced analytics. So uh, 
we got that on the table. And then right after that, I mean, there is no – this position right here doesn't give you a chance to sleep at all because Rendon gets that matchup against the lefty. He's always been that guy. There's a ton of guys in this position we can turn to. So, uh, I mean, right offhand, it looks like this is a spot we want to spend up at, but you tell me what you think. Yeah, man, I, I think third base is, is definitely a spot you spend up. Now, there are some guys in the mid-range as well, but – Man, I just – I don't see how we don't play one of Arenado, Rendon, or Bryant. I, I think one of those three, you just need to play them uh, because, you you know, I think the reasonable, reasonable expectation is that two of these three hit a bomb tonight. And, I, you know, I'm not saying that to be funny. Like, I, I think two of these three – for sure, and maybe three out of three because they're all in in, in the in the in a good spot. So, uh, I think you play one of these guys. I, I like Washington a lot. Rendon's kind of my guy right now, but in any of these three, man, I, I think they're all in play. Yeah, it's tough to avoid that, except for the fact that, like you said, there's other guys at this position we could also turn. So we got mid-range guys uh, like Matt Chapman always got. Always yeah. a power threat. The big one that stands out to me at 15 bucks is Miguel Sano against Mike Leak. That's a good one yes. right there. So, yes. uh, Minnesota's been, like you said earlier, they've been they've been stomping pitchers, man. They've been so good, and they did it again. What is what was it? Uh, Sunday. Sunday. Twelve runs. Another twelve runs. Yeah, I was doing pretty good. I was walking around Costco, and Sano was hitting the homers, and <laughs> I, was, I was crushing, man. I got caught in the afternoon, though, but that's all good. But uh. So you got some good ones. And what I want to throw out to you, I want your opinion on this guy, because this one, this will make you think twice about spending all that money at third base. Is you got a, a dirt minimum Jose Ramirez, $7 on Jose, who was probably one of the top three hitters in the game last year. Castillo's a good pitcher, but he can be prone to the home run. Jose Ramirez at 7 bucks. Give me your thoughts on Jose. Oh, boy. This, this is a, a tough one for me because, you know, I – I'm somewhat of a Jose Ramirez truther. I, I think something is wrong, and I don't know what it is. Um, he, he has been been a little bit better recently, and I, I think a lot of it just may be due to injury at, at the front part of the season. Maybe he was just out of rhythm and, and couldn't get going. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm still going to side with Castillo in this matchup. I do think if you need the salary relief, I, I think you can get away with playing him, and, and I think he'll be okay. I don't think he'll get you a zero. But I, I just – I can't play him over these other guys today. But he's for sure still mispriced. I don't I still don't think he should be that cheap, even with his struggles this season. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one, man. That's a, if there wasn't so much good hitting in this third base, he, he would be a guy I would probably turn to. But there is – there is a lot of power here. So, we mentioned some guys. Is there anybody that we didn't touch on that you can point out to the people and say, yeah, that's a guy I could play tonight? Well, I, I like the Braves. I think if, you know, if you decide that, you know, maybe I want to put together a Braves stack, you got to think Josh Donaldson isn't going to get as much ownership as the lefties. So, you know, at 13 bucks, he's a guy that, that I've kind of got on my list. And then Vlad, you know, uh, Vlad is $14. K-rate really low, um, you know, so he's another guy. While I don't like the Toronto bats as a whole, I think he's a guy you can look at as well, you know, just right below Miguel Sano. Fair enough. So uh, we'll circle back around the third base here in a minute. Let's run through shortstop real quick. We uh, we got 
again, Trevor Story is going to be jumping off because he's got that matchup against the left-hander at home. That's what's usually going to happen in projections is he's going to be at the top of the charts. Got some big names here. You got a, high, a nice projection here on Trey Turner. And uh, I like Trey Turner. He's got a reasonable price on uh, Yahoo. So that's the guy that's standing out to me. But I want your opinion on shortstop here on Yahoo. Yeah, for sure, man. Trey Turner is my number one today, uh, period. Him and, him and Jorge Polanco, those are my two guys. Uh, not taking anything away from Story, I think he's going to have a fantastic game. Um, but, but you know, these two guys. $27. You can't have all $27 right. in your life. You can't do it. Right. Yeah, so, you know, uh, Polanco and, uh, and, and Trey Turner, those, those are my two that I'm really eyeing. Obviously, I've talked about St. Louis, Paul DeYoung. 13 bucks. I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta look at him as well. I think, especially if you're considering St. Louis uh, on, on a site where you can play five bats. I think, I, I, th- I think he's, he's squarely in play in this spot. Uh, obviously, you know, you got Javi Baez as well, right out there in Coors Field. So he, he's another guy that I like. And then Dansby Swanson, I kind of talked about Atlanta. If you're looking at Atlanta, Dansby's been playing really well this season. So he's another guy I, I've got on my list. All right, so you mentioned, so is there anybody in single digits, not $9 or less that's made a lineup right now that you look at and say, all right, you know what? If I want to save some money, I can go that route. I think the only guy I would play would be Freddie Galvis, and, and that's probably about it. Other than that, I'm, but I don't even think I'm going to get to him today because I don't think I need him. Yeah, that's that's definitely the way it looks, right? There's a lot of studs here at the at this shortstop position, so uh, – Again, I'm not going to plug that position in because I want to circle back to our stacks before I do that. We need to figure that out. But we got a uh, outfielder now, man. Outfielder is one of those. It's one of those things. A 15 game slate. Got some stacks we like. We got some pitching we can pick on. So you're always going to have like if you thought first base was loaded or, or third base was loaded, outfield is going to be three times that. It's always difficult to narrow this thing down to three. But we gotta we gotta make some decisions now. So let's start uh, churning through some outfielders here. Let's start off in the uh, in the higher price range. Some guys you like uh, up at the top of the salary chart. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to do that. But I, I will kind of give give the people kind of a peek behind the blinders here in terms of my process. Outfield is probably one of the only spots where I start at the bottom first. Oh, I, I, I'm not saying we're going to do it today, but I'm saying just in general, I like to go ahead and try to identify who I can who I can play in that spot, so I can kind of get an idea of where I want to go up top. But, you know, that's just just personal for me wanting to put that out there. So I would say this, just to counter that, not counter it, but just to throw my two. A lot of times I'm looking at positions like shortstop and second base. That's where I want to start at the bottom. And yeah, say, I got to. So, and then you're, go, you're telling me you like to do outfield. So just goes to show you, man, there's a lot of different ways to do it. But uh, yeah. that's, that's definitely interesting because there are, like I said, there's three to four times as many outfielders in that player pool as those other positions is you can find some more value. So it definitely makes sense. Maybe that's something I can tweak on my own in there. So talk to me, give me some outfielders, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start at the top. Cause that's what we're doing, man. I think this guy, he's been churning right now, man. And just, just in terms of you, you want to talk about hot bats. There are two that come to mind and they're not even all the way up top. Max Kepler and Kyle Schwarber, like those, those two bats right there, they're 22 bucks, but those, those two guys, man, they have been just on a tear recently. So I, I think, you know, those are two guys you definitely want to look at. 
obviously up top, we got Blackman, lefty, lefty. I think maybe he could go a little low on. I like him as well. But but those two bats, man, Schwarber and Kepler, both $22, guys I really like. Mookie Betts is a guy I've got circled today. Mookie Betts is circled today. Has he been great all year? No, but this spot for Mookie Betts today, Chop, it is, it's ridiculous, man, um, in terms of what, what I'm expecting him to do. Uh, you've got, you know, a guy that is not, he doesn't have the highest K rate in the world. And even though Mookie's season hasn't been as good, this guy is primarily a ground ball guy at 54%, talking about Gerardo. And you got Mookie out there in Texas, man. I mean, at, at home, 222 ISO, 15% K rate, 399 Woba, 16.4% walk rate, and a 44.8% fly ball rate, man. Mookie is on my list today. He's one of my top outfielders. I would try to get Mookie in if if I'm multi-entering, which I will be today. I'm going to try to get him in 20% of my lineups. Like Mookie is squarely in play. I think if you're playing on Yahoo, man, you you get him in there. You just, you just try to get him in there. That's 17 bucks. Excuse me, 17 bucks. You try to get him in. He's my favorite. Whew. I was scrolling down. I couldn't find him for a minute because he was so low in salary. That's a yeah, that's a that's a pretty pretty crazy salary. He's definitely going to be popular, but he's going to be worth it. So uh, you say you like to start at the bottom and, and find you some value down at outfield. So talk to me. What did you outside of Mookie Betts, who's a phenomenal salary? What else did you unturn? Well, man, you know we got Corey Dickerson at fourteen, Chris Davis with a K fourteen. Uh, you know th- those guys. Jorge Soler has been raking fourteen. Um, you know. You got Danny Santana. Wow. I do like this kid from Boston. Danny Santana at 11 bucks is a guy that, you know, I've kind of got circled as well. Uh, and then if, if you're really going low, now, now check this out. This is this is bottom of the barrel. Teoscar Hernandez, righty lefty matchup against Means. Eight bucks, Chop. Uh, you know, he, he's been hitting pr- a lot better recently. Uh, so he's a guy I like. If you really want to go to the bottom of the lineup, I like Chad Pender. We know what he's done to left-handed pitching over the past couple seasons. He's in the eighth spot, yes, but he's seven bucks. Uh, and, and those guys, those are kind of the guys I've got at the bottom, man. You know, a Pender, T. Oscar Hernandez, and then we kind of jump up a little bit to, you know, Nick Markakis. He's another one. Ten bucks, chop. Nick Markakis in the five-hole. Those are all guys, you know, that we can look at. Randall Gritchick, ten bucks. So we can't play them all. But, uh, you know, if we want to load up on first base and third base, I think we can get in two of these value guys and still be able to play a Mookie Betts or somebody like that and, and, and round out a lineup really nicely. All right. So uh, let me see. Do you have a, a Colorado lineup for us just yet? Have you seen one? No. Uh, yeah, no, it's out. It's out. It's out. Sorry. It's out now. Um, I, can, I was uh, struggling to find it now. Now I got it. All right. Let me take a yeah. look. Okay. So – I was gonna, I was gonna bring up Big Carlos Gonzalez, but he's not in the lineup tonight. But uh, but we can mark him off. I didn't refresh the the lineup HQ. So Cargo would have been a really interesting play at only nine dollars. Oh, you, you know, Car, you know Cargo's uh, with the Cubs now. Yeah, he's. Uh, I was looking. At, he's not in. The, let me see. Schwarber, Bryant, Rizzo, Baez. Yeah, he's not playing. Yeah, that's unfortunate, man. We would have got a little. I know you. I know you believe in some revenge in the NBA. A guy faces his old team, or or is or is playing on his birthday. I know you believe in a little narrative for NBA, right? 
Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, I like Barry. You, sure. you think it would carry over to baseball a little facing my former team at home where I used to play? Oh, man. Not you as know, much, I, right? I, I, think, I think they want to. Let me, let me put it that way. I definitely think it's in their heart to hit a couple bombs. But, yeah. you know, a little bit will we do it? We don't know. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I was just going to test. I was, I was just a test for you, man. I was just testing you, yeah. Uh, or tell me what you think about BVP, though. What do you think about BVP? The people need. I, I think BVP. I think it. I think it can be a good part of your process. I, I view v, BVP just as like I view recent trends on pitchers. I use it to help me make informed decisions. And you know wh- whether you believe in BVP all the way through or not, if a guy is eight for ten off of a pitcher, I think you need to consider it. You know, if a guy's Eight for 20, I think you need to consider it. If a guy is three for 30, I think you need to consider it. And I know those are smaller sample sizes, but, you know, at DFS, man, we, we've got to take our edges where we can. And, uh, you know, so so that's kind of where I'm at. If a guy's one for two, I don't worry about that. You know, but as, as the numbers start to increase and we start to see a little bit more sample size, um, and a lot of it I think will fall back onto pitch type as well. You know, if a pitcher's throwing sinkers and you got a guy that hits sinkers well, and the guy's eight for ten. Well, he's going to have good BVP. You know, I think, I think, I think you need to include it in your process. Yeah, fair enough. So, uh, with that being said, let's uh, let's get to a very crucial part of today. There's 15 games. I want to get to some stats because more than likely, my Yahoo team is going to be built around a four-man hitting stack of some sort. Yeah. You get 15 games. Like the less as the games start to trickle off, like. Then there's only 12 games, or there's only nine or seven or four. The likelihood that a stack steps up and wins you a tournament is less and less and less. As the, but at 15 games, there's going to be an offense out there tonight that puts up enough runs to win you a tournament. So you need to try to find it. So I want to start off on the stacks here. Uh, the big the big projected runs at the top is going to be the Cubs in Coors Field against Peter Lambert. They, they got the highest team total followed by Boston and then Colorado, Colorado, Chicago, and course Field is always typically going to be your, your higher, uh, higher numbers right there. But uh, give me some teams. Okay. What do you think about those? Cause those will be chalky because they're at the top of the projected runs. So give me your yeah, thoughts I like on those guys. Yeah. I like, I like them all. And, and, you know, it's 15 games. So maybe, maybe they're not as chalky as we think, like, you know, in terms of it was, if it was eight games, you got to think the Cubs and the Rockies, would probably be around 20% ownership total. I'm saying combined bats. Like, you got to think they eat up just a chunk of the field. I'm thinking today maybe they're in that 8 to 12% range. So not not as high, but um, high enough. But but they're all viable stacks, man. Um, you know, when it comes to Coors Field, especially when, you know, you got a guy out there like Lambert that I don't trust. I, I, don't, I don't care about that first start. I think they're going to take this guy to school. I think this 6.31 run total is warranted completely. Um, but So I'm all aboard the Cubs train. I'm all aboard the Rockies train um, in terms of whether you should play them. Yes. Uh, Boston, I, I don't think Boston will be as high owned despite the high run total. I, I think they'll be a little lower owned. Um, so I, I like them a lot uh, in terms of a stack that you can play for ownership at home. You know, and I've kind of talked about my favorites, man, which are all pretty much non-cores. Uh, Minnesota, Washington, St. Louis. Uh, I, I love the, these teams. Uh, I, I think Washington is just in a, a fantastic spot. 
Um, I, I didn't get a chance to plug in my boy Victor Robles at the bottom, but for 11 bucks, I, I like him, you know, in, in that nice spot. Just want to plug that in. But Washington, Minnesota, St. Louis, those are, those are my top three stacks in terms of, you know, how I'm going to multi-enter them. I'm going to try to get plenty of exposure uh, and see if I can run a GPP down tonight with those three teams. Whew. All right. There's a lot to undern, un, un, go over right there. You said St. Louis, one of your top. I mean, they fall about, what is that, 10 or 12th on the list of highest projected. You get caught in yeah. that kind of – you get caught in the middle right there on a slate like tonight, and you won't have that many stacks. You know, uh, we, I give Britt a hard time about all the stuff he posts on Twitter and all that, but he, he comes up with those numbers of stacks, three-man stacks, four-man stacks, five, what the ownership is, and – I guarantee uh, when he when he were to go back and do that tonight, it's going to look like St. Louis less than 1% ownership on the field in stacks like that, four and five minutes. So you're going to get those guys very under-owned. Minnesota's not going to be super high-owned because of the teams ahead of them, and they're fourth on the list of these projected runs. But, man, they're putting up numbers on offense as if they played in Coors Field every game. Yeah. They're putting up some ma- massive numbers. And then Washington's got that good matchup. Got a park upgrade out there in Chicago. I definitely like all like all those. So I'm looking and I'm kind of in the same boat there. I'm looking at the guys after that. The Dodgers are nice against Pittsburgh. Atlanta. We, you already mentioned Atlanta. Pittsburgh could end up being like a little mini course game there. Yeah, good pitch, and that could happen too. But there's a lot of good stacks tonight. This is a this is the night you probably want to max enter those 20, 20 max entries and, and jump on that kind of stuff because. I don't think I can run a single lineup pretty much out there. It's going to be tough with all these stacks. So, yeah, I'm for sure running 100 today. Like, I I just, you know, when I started today, I said there's no no reason for me to try to get single entry in my mind because I knew there were too many possibilities in terms of teams. And, you know, Chop, if you just give me like 30 seconds, man, for those of you guys that, you know, maybe you feel like you you don't have the bankroll to multi-enter, Trust me, it's fine, man. You know, it's all right to be in the, the, the DK $4 20 entry match and, and try to, to build that bankroll that way. And if you nail it, you're going to get a bankroll booster, like like Chop says, quickly. Uh, the, the money will be in your account when you wake up. So, um, you know, the, those are the tournaments where you want to live if you're trying, trying to work on your game. I worked on my game in those types of tournaments, practicing, getting better at it. And it is a skill, uh, you know, it's a skill just like single entry is a skill, just like three entry max. So if, if you really want to become successful, man, you know, definitely start in a contest like that. I agree 100%. You click on it, 20 entries, you, you see that uh, only about 10% of it is to first place, which is good because when you click on the other ones ahead of it, it's like a third of the prize pool to first place. So that it's got that going forward. It's the spread, the payouts are spread out a little bit more. Those are the kind of things you want to live in as a, as a player right there, man. I, I like it. I, I wish I wish that format would trickle down to uh, some of the higher stakes, man. Put it in a put it in a $44 tournament too. If you if you 20 max a, a 44, I I'd play that every night. So it's yeah. good. Maybe the side, eventually maybe we'll get to it. But that's what you gotta do to build up, guys. If you're watching this, then you're probably in the beginning stages of your DFS stuff. And you, you know, you, you can't afford to go out there going crazy. So I agree one hundred percent with him. With that being said, I need to pick a stack now. Man. It is tough for me to get away from uh, Minnesota tonight. They've been they've been very well this year, very good. Uh, they're going to fall on not very much ownership as a stack. It's I think it's it would be pretty easy to get on Chicago or Colorado. The salaries are higher up there though. I think we can get a little bit of a, a little bit of a break on Minnesota, not much, but 
I'm going to go to Minnesota here, so I'm going to pull them up on the plate IQ and, and find which four guys I want to run out there. This is, this is going to be my stack, so I'm not really worried about building anything. I, I want to build around them. I don't, want to, I don't want them to have to go around my other players. I'm going to build around them. So looking up, looking at plate IQ at some of these Minnesota guys that are in the lineup tonight, you already told me some guys you really like. You're loving you some Max Kepler, right? Give me some yeah. other guys out here that we can look at on Yahoo that, that stand out to you as a four-man stack. Man, listen, uh, one, two, that one, two, four, Kepler, Sano, Rosario. I mean, Ke- Kepler, Polanco, Rosario. I, I, I think we get those guys in, man. Um, you know, like I said, Top, you know, I, I, I love looking at K rates. <laughs> yeah, I, like I, was guys, say. I like guys that aren't going to strike out, man. I, I, I really do. I'm not saying we don't play a Sano. Because he's he's for sure on my list today uh, to hit one out of the park. But if I was going to start, I start with those uh, three guys, and then we can kind of work it. Maybe we look at a Marvin Gonzalez who won't be as expensive. Uh, maybe we play a Byron Buxton at the bottom of the order. Maybe we get the Castro. But at the one, two, four, I'm just those are kind of non-negotiables for me in terms of that stat. Yeah, I agree. They don't strike out very much. You can get some walks out of those first two guys, especially. It's going to be tough. So Kepler, Polanco, Rosario, I think are – I'm going to start off by that. And, and if I have to figure something out, if, if it's a little bit too much, I'll figure it out. If not, then we'll see. Uh, let me see here, though. Eddie Rosario. And who was Polanco? Yep. All right, let me get him in there. All right, that's still, I'm still going to have 13 bucks. I'm going to still play another one of these guys. Let me Let me pull up a guy real quick. Let me see what the price is here. 15 bucks for Marwin. He takes up the first base spot. Marwin, you mentioned him in passing. One thing he's got going for him, I, I made a joke of it earlier almost, but it, it holds true. Marwin, you want a tiebreaker in certain, certain situations? Maybe Marwin's tiebreaker is that he does have good BVP against Mike Leake. Maybe, you know, he's, he's like, I think I saw it was eight or nine out of 15 at bats. I think eight, eight out of 15 or something like I mean, it's just something small, but it's just a little tiebreaker. And it's a, I'm looking at it going, I could take Cruz, but Cruz does strike out about 30% of the time. Or I could take Marwin. Well, what's the tiebreaker? This guy's got good BVP, and he doesn't strike out as much. Maybe that's a tiebreaker. I also like Sano, but then we're dealing with not being able to get one of those other big hitters at that position in there. So uh, our fourth fourth spot, are you on board here with a guy like uh, Marwin, or or do you think like a Sano or something like that would be a better place to go? Well, man, you know, honestly, I, I, I say, man, let's look at the rest of the lineup. Like, I don't mind a mini stack. I know you said you want to go four deep. Um, we could always fill out the lineup and then circle back to the last yeah. position left and then fill it yeah. up because sure. they're, all, they're all solid. So let's take a look at second base. Then let's go back to our second base bill here real quick. In fact, we got to we're going to we're going to do this real quick because we got uh we're running against the clock. But your second baseman, we were, we were living in that range where it was like a Howie Kendrick, right? Is yeah. That, that's how we that's who we can go to, Howie Kendrick. All right. Uh, third base was expensive. Outfield. Outfield. Give me your cheap outfielder that you said was, uh, you know, you got some cheaper guys, lower range. Yeah, I didn't want to fade Mookie today. But uh, yeah, I'm going to Mookie, and that, that's a good price tag almost because we can get down to $7. So we got $10 left for two spots. Uh, yeah, I can. Let's say I plug Marwin in at first base. Then I got to find a third baseman. Well, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do something a little bit. Hey, oh, I could hey. go down to Freddie Peralta. I can get rid of him and go with. Uh, the Gonzalez. There we go. There we go. And that's exactly why you leave yourself a little wiggle room and you there don't. We go. Uh, locked into a, a particular guy. 
What's his name? What's his, how do you spell that, man? Uh, Hernandez. He's 25 bucks. Oh, not Hernandez. Gonzalez. I got him mixed up in my bag, guys. It's yeah, all there good, we go. 25. Good. 18 bucks. Yeah, there we go. Now, now we got 11 for a third baseman. I can figure that out. So that's going to be my lineup. I'm going to tweak it a little bit, guys, but you get the point there. Four men stack, two big pitchers. I filled out with some other good guys we like that are value plays. So, Chief, we're going to jump out of here and let the next guys come in here. What do you give me a summary of this slate here, man? Hey, man, you know, stay true to your stacks. Do not get off your stack. If you've been on a stack all day, stick with it. Live with the results. Because the minute you hop off and they score 10 runs, you're going to be frustrated and talk about it in chat. Agreed, guys. As always, thanks for tuning in. Hit that like and subscribe button. And the Yahoo PGA Tournament this week, we got good things going on. As always, for Big Chief, I'm Head Chopper. Good luck in those GPPs, guys, and we'll catch you next time. Welcome to another edition of the Monkey Night Fight Show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Turk Ferguson. I'm bringing you four of my favorite props over on Monkey Night Fight. If you have not signed up yet, you're making bad life decisions. Sign up using the promo code GRINDERS. Get a free 100% deposit bonus on your first $50. That's free money. All you got to do is play through it, and it is yours, and you don't even have to do any research. Just watch these videos multiple times a week, play these props, and win some money. It's that simple. That's all you got to do. I got four of them for you today, including my late night dagger, which is a total base race in the Colorado game. All right, let's get to my first prop. It's a two out of three rapid fire in the Milwaukee game. All right, so we have Peralta versus Peacocks. Total fantasy points here. I went with Peralta because of the 1.5 extra here. Peacock could absolutely outdo him here. The Milwaukee lineup, a little bit better than the Houston lineup right now, in my opinion here. Yes, Peralta has a higher implied total against, but he could easily put up a massive outing at any given time here. Yes, he gives up a lot of bombs, walks a lot of guys, and Peacock is good over on the other side, but I don't care. I'm rolling with Peralta. It's a little bit dicey here, but I think that he outdoes Peacock here. Next up, we have Bregman versus Yelich here. Tough one to go with, but I'm going with Bregman just because of the tiebreaker here. He is getting the tiebreaker. He is just as good of a hitter, almost. And he has the better matchup going against Peralta, who gives up a lot more hard contact and a lot more fly balls. So pretty big possibility that he ends up out doing Yelich. I know it's a tough one, but I'm rolling with Bregman. Next up, Braun versus Shaw. This was an easy one. Shaw is struggling since he's been back into the majors again he's still probably going to be batting further down the order might get one less at bat here yes peacock is a bit worse versus lefties than versus righties but i'm still rolling with braun here because of the tiebreaker all right next up we have a total base race here and i am taking yelich bregman and Mustakas. all right the over here is set at 7.5 and it's giving you three to one odds here yelich is a plus one 290 to get a home run, meaning he's probably going to get one one every three times. Same thing with Bregman, same thing with Moustakas. Both of these pitchers struggle greatly versus lefties. Currently, Peacock giving up a over 200 ISO to lefties, a 370 Woba. He is not doing great versus lefties, and we both know that Yelich and Moustakas are very, very good here. Bregman also very good on the other side. Peralta gives up a 
45% hard hit rate, 45% fly ball rate, two righties and lefties. So Bregman has a good shot at hitting the ball out of the ballpark. If they don't get home runs, they can still hit the over on this and give you a 3-1 payout. They can all hit doubles, singles. They can do anything. Any one of these guys can end up with four hits in the game. I think that 3-1 to one odds is a little bit too much considering the 7.5 total. So I think they end up with eight. I'm taking it and I'm rolling all right, next up, we have my third prop. It's a two out of three rat over under in this Chicago versus Colorado game. We got a Coors game here. All right, Quintana, 5.5 Ks over under. I'm taking the under here. Quintana has not been great in Coors in the past. He's not a good pitcher for Coors. Throws a sinker, throws a curveball. Not going to end up with nearly as much Ks as he should here. Yes, he's going to be facing a few lefties. Yes, the Colorado bats can strike out at a decent clip, but not as much at home and not when they're facing a big curveball pitcher here. We got a lot of guys that can do some damage. 5.7 implied team total for the Rockies here. I'm taking the under. Next up, Arenado over under 2.5 total bases. I'm taking the over. Currently, Vegas has him pegged at a minus or a plus 230 to get a home run. It's that simple. He's going up against the lefty. Arnauto crushes here. So I'm rolling with the over here. I think he gets a home run, but even if he doesn't, not gonna surprise me at all if he gets a double and a single, two doubles, anything like that. It's gonna be pretty simple for him. Next up, we have Schwarber over under 1.5 hits slash walks here. We're talking about a guy who is getting his first or his second major league start here. Yes, he is a fantastic prospect but he's a guy that throws a curve Lambert's not going to do great over in Coors here so I'm rolling with the over here Schwarber's probably leading off lefty versus righty got the platoon split should get a hit should get a walk should get the over all right last up we got my late night dagger but before we get to that don't forget to like and subscribe over on YouTube we got videos coming out multiple times a week and you want to know exactly when they're coming out so you subscribe you get notifications you get these props in before they change they can change at any given time pitchers can be scratched New lineups can come out. We try and keep them up all day, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. So get signed up, like, subscribe, and leave any comments or questions you have in the YouTube comment section. But let's get to my final prop here. It's a total base race over in the Colorado game. All right, similar to the Milwaukee game here, we have Story, Arnado, Rizzo. Rizzo, platoon split, going up against a guy who's making a second start, throws some curveballs that are not going to be breaking. Rizzo currently a plus 280 favorite to get a home run or underdog to get a home run all these guys have less than three to one odds over in vegas to get a home run here story arenado both of the platoon split both with a ton of power both going against a guy that throws a curveball and is a lefty it's not going to work out well for quintana over 11 total for this game here so just lock in these guys two of them are probably going to get a home run but they can get you there other ways 7.5 not enough to make me not want to take this bet at two to one odds all right, guys, thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed the video. We'll be back again later on the week bringing you more picks. Good luck on your props tonight. I'm out of here. See you, kids. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist.
Hey, what's going on, Brother Grinders? Dean here at Dean 7904. If you want to get all technical, I mean, it's, it's actually five o'clock on the dot on the East Coast, two o'clock on the West Coast, four o'clock tennis time, which of course means it's time for the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders. It's it's called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by Fantasy Draft. And joining me today, it's one Pepsi 7 and Pepsi. Before we get going, it's an amazing slate. It's a 15 gamer. But uh, I think you owe the people an apology. I think you get to speak on behalf of the, uh, <laughs> you guys, you know, you're, you're cheering. The injury. Uh, oh, right. I was told the Indians are nice, and knowing you, and then after last night, now I'm starting to think differently. Yeah, I thought you were going to say that uh, I predicted the Raptors to win, but uh, and they blew it. That's really it's a great, great game, but that's where they should have won. Now I'm a little nervous. You know, go back to Golden State, probably lose that one. Anything could happen at Game Seven. I'm not liking this, but the Durant thing is interesting because we all know, you know, Durant's hurt, and it's not a lineup that makes it easier for us to win. So. I get why when he went down, they kind of cheered, thinking, hey, we've got a shot to win. But I love the fact that the Raptors immediately stepped up, like, you know, throwing their hands to this, saying, hey, what are we doing? And the crowd went quiet. Like, three seconds into the cheer, it just stopped. And then, of course, they gave him the old cheer when he was carried out the field. So it's unfortunate to see that. I think people figured it out pretty quickly. So I will apologize on behalf of Canada to the Golden State Warriors and to Kevin Durant. Nobody likes to see anybody get hurt. I would rather be healthy and play and us beat their best to win it. So my apologies to all the NBA fans out there. There you go, Pepsi. That was totally unprompted, too. You know, you weren't even aware I was going to ask you that. But, uh, yeah, and that was good to see, like, Lowry and uh, Pascal were trying to tell the crowd, like, what are you doing, quipping animals? Uh, you know, we don't want to see this guy get hurt, obviously. But, uh, that, yeah, that, that was pretty cool. Uh, that said, Pepsi, we have no time for nonsense. This is a no-nonsense show. Yeah. Well, at least for the first 12 minutes or so. We, we'll see. We'll set the over under about 12 minutes. But uh, 15 gamer, we're not messing around on a Tuesday night, and it's got everything. Uh, stud pitchers, places to stack. It's got Coors Field. It's got some Hernandezes that are, you know, interesting pitchers that uh, are both in play for, for tournaments if you want to have some fun there. Uh, give me the screenshot. Like, how, how, how are you taking it on? Because we were talking before the show. It's awesome. It's almost too awesome. Like, there's so much stuff, right? It is the most exciting slate of the season so far. Like you said, it's a 15-gamer, and it really has everything. But not only does it have everything, it has everything in multiples, even multiple Hernandezes, if that's a thing, like you said earlier. I mean, high-tier pitching, multiple options. Mid-tier arms, multiple options. Value arms, multiple good or maybe even great value arms here. This is awesome. So much to like offensively. It's rare that you get all these arms in different tiers and then have – 15 teams you could stack. This is a crazy night. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm not a guy who usually jumps in these low-tier tournaments and maxes it out with 50 entries, but this would be the night to do it because I'm having a tough time narrowing down the pitching and the hitting and, and figure out where I'm going to go. It's going to be fun to build these lineups after we get off the air here, but uh, it really is, so far, in my opinion, the most exciting slate of the season. And there are some great pitchers at the top are going to be kind of sort of ignored. I guess we should say at the top, let's just say this, especially when it comes to hitters there's going to be some hitters we're not going to mention because you can't mention everybody that are really, really good hitters and really, really good spots. They're going to be low owned. And just because we don't say them doesn't mean we don't like them. Uh, you know, if you're out there saying, well, why aren't they saying my guy? There's just so many players to like. And I, as far as I've not checked ownership just yet, but my general thought is outside of maybe a few positions or so here and there, it feels like just there's so many good places, so many good hitters out there that ownership's not that big a deal tonight from a yeah. hitting perspective. Just yeah. What you like. Right. When you talk about going chalky, you, you'd think that Washington, their spot tonight, for example, Colorado at home, the Cubs on the road, uh, Boston at home, 
all these guys are normally a chalky offense, but when you have four of them that are standing out like that and several others that are right next door to them, I mean, I don't think any stack's going to get much more than 20, 22% tonight. So that's awesome as well because you can load up on whatever you think is the team going off tonight and know that you're not going to get 35, 40% ownership. Yeah, maybe what we'll do is uh, later on the show, we, we do a premium peak. We'll take a look as far as see what's uh, going on ownership-wise, especially from – we'll do pitchers and hitters and see who's kind of jumping off the board. But I, I suspect it's going to be like a lot of guys – you know, we take the victory lap on Twitter. I can't believe we got so-and-so at 4%. Uh, I've already won. Uh, people love doing that. Uh, as far as the pitchers, it's super overwhelming here, Pepsi. Again, lots of options. Uh, Paddock at the top and an awesome ballpark there against San Francisco. Obviously, he scuffled a little bit of late. I'm not ready to say it's rookie wall just yet, but like he's fine. But, you know, as far as the other guys we'll talk about in a second, Corbin against Apollo righties, but they can't strike out. You got Paxton in the back half of a doubleheader against a Met team that, you know, not terribly imposing that the issue with Paxton might be like how many pitches is he, is he going to throw? But I think he probably gets somewhere in the nineties. Uh, Bauer can crack, you know, over a hundred or so he's facing a Cincinnati team that you know doesn't strike out a ton, but not terribly imposing. They do a grab at DH for what it's worth. And, He's not facing Max Kepler today, so that's a good sign because when he banged it off, what, three times? <laughs> yeah, three of them. Yeah. Uh, only, the only real damage, too, was, was Kepler in that game, interesting enough. Yeah, basically, you either had Kepler. There was those that had Kepler in that slate and those that didn't, essentially. Uh, and he went eight innings. He threw 119 pitches, despite the fact he gave five runs. Like, you know, and that's important. You need those extra couple innings, especially if you want to recover from yielding five homers and, you know, rack up those Ks and just innings accumulated is very important. It's something we don't really talk about a lot, but uh, cheese was writing about it the other day. And it's like, yeah, that's how many pitches this guy, is this going to throw? How, how long is this guy going to stick around? It's very important. And Bauer is one of the horses right there with, you know, Scherzer and I don't know, Mad Bum, I think is one of those guys as well, as far as, you know, sticking around uh, pitching pretty deep in games. What are we doing if they're here at the top? It's pretty congested. Luis Castillo against Cleveland as well. Corbin against the White Sox, uh, Paxton, Bauer. Uh, it, does anybody separate themselves from the field for you? You know, there's six aces there really tonight, and you can really roll all of them out and feel pretty confident about them all. You know, they're all pretty good pitchers, and they're all in pretty good matchups. You can also make an argument why you want to fade them all. Chris Paddock, I mean, this, this guy looks really good facing a San Francisco team in a, in a pitcher's ballpark. Uh, other than Price, yeah, I'm interested. But San Francisco doesn't strike out a ton, and Paddock is the guy least likely to throw 100 pitches. You know, he hasn't mm-hmm. done more than, what, 88 all year or something? So that's a little nervous when you're, when you're paying that price. You look at Luis Castilla, great strikeout rate, but Cleveland's starting to come on a little bit, be more contact-oriented. They're walking more. Not a great matchup necessarily for a strikeout guy here and a guy that does walk a lot of people. So you worry about, is he going to have that 10K performance? Is he going to pitch more than six innings with that with the walks he's allowing? So there's a little bit of a, um, a bump in the road there for Castilla versus Cleveland. Corbin, same idea. Corbin has not been that elite strikeout pitcher we saw last year or earlier this season. He's been very good. And the White Sox, of course, really struggle in general, but they're better versus lefties. Um, so, you know, do we want to pay up for Corbin? And Paxton, same idea. Love Paxton. We know the Mets don't hit lefties. Bit of a pitch count worry there. And then, of course, you get to Bauer. And, geez, this is not the Trevor Bauer we're all expected to see here. Um, he has not been an elite pitcher by any means. So I like all six guys. I'm not in love with anybody. Personally, I'm going to roll Paxton out of these guys in cash tonight. Um, again, I, you can make an argument for all of them. I think Corbin's a close second. But Paxton feels the safest to me. I think he gets into the 90-pitch range, at least like you mentioned. He might not go more than that. Uh, but I think it's, you know, it gets a solid six innings, a strikeout for any at least. He certainly has the potential to hit double digits. So I give Paxton the edge. Uh, Corbin's a close two. 
Um, I'm not really touching the guys, so Paddock, Castilla, and uh, Bauer, for me, this they're easy fades for me tonight. Yeah, so Paxton, since coming back from injury, his first start, he had 66 pitches. He was pitching great, and they just they just didn't want, didn't want to go very deep. Next start, uh, last start, 83 pitches. Uh, he wasn't spectacular. He didn't make it out of the fifth. He went four and two-thirds. But, like, in theory, if he was pitching well, I think he maybe went to 85 or so. And, like, you know, the, the general logic is they jump up around 15 pitches or so or something like that. So, uh, if he pitches well against the Mets, and we don't line up just yet, of course, it's the back half of the doubleheader. And I think that game is just finishing up, I believe. Gary the Goat has banged out, what, one, maybe two homers today. I think Voight hit one as well, too. Curious to see Sanchez if he cracks that lineup or not. If he does, it would be as a DH because I believe he caught the first game. Uh, yeah, Paxson should throw somewhere in the mid-90s, assuming he's pitching well as far as uh, the pitch count, which is good enough. Uh, so I'm not terribly concerned about that. Probably a better play on Fandle where he's cheaper on DK and Fantasy Draft, a little bit more expensive, but it is pretty congested. And I'm okay with Bauer. You know, Bauer can go deep. And I understand the Ks have been a little bit low, that the walk's been a little bit high. He's going to walk Joey Votto twice. Like, that's just, yeah, just going to happen. <laughs> Votto's going to give like that 10-pitch at bat. It's going to be really, really annoying. Um but, you know, I'm not terribly afraid of the Cincinnati lineup as far as a K perspective. The Cincinnati lineup does strike out a good bit as far as the guys that are in there. You know, we got a small sample size as far as Van Meter, but he's shown a guy that he's going to be a guy that's going to strike out. Senzel, you know, prized rookie, but of course he's been striking out a bit as well. 31.7% this year, 23.3% collectively. And again, he's going to stick around for a while. So I, I like Bauer too. Castillo for tournaments, Paddock for tournaments. Um, you know, Corbin. Obviously, there's some upside there against the White Sox, too. But uh, we were talking before the show. I think you like the mid-tier a little bit more. Who's jumping out from the mid-tier for you? almost sounds like, Dean, that you're trying to get 10% of everybody there. That does not. That, that, that's not the implication. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I made it pretty clear. I, I like Paxton and Bauer the most out of that bunch. Uh, I don't mind a sprinkling of Corbin. I don't, I, again, like you, I don't make 50 lineups. So I don't know if I'll get any of these other guys, but I'm okay with all of them. Uh, but uh, like, could, how is Bedrosian 9K on DK? That's hilarious. <laughs> that's yeah. that's just silly. Don't play him. Even if he's facing Detroit, I mean, come on. But, uh, yeah, I certainly am a big fan of the mid-tier and even the value tier tonight, you know. I mean, I think you either pay up for, for one. I think you only have to pay up for one of these aces. And in some cases, you don't even have to. Just for fun, you know. For, first, I'll start with Jacob Junis. Yeah. Junis has been much better recently. I'm a Junis guy. I believe in his ground ball rates. I believe in his control. Uh, not a big strikeout artist, as we know, but the Tigers are awful versus right-handed pitching strikeout a ton. So that's going to give him the opportunity to up his Ks a little bit. I think he's got a clear path to six or seven solid innings, five Ks, maybe more there for him. So really like Junis across the board if he's considered a mid-tier arm. But, but just for fun, you know, <laughs> on uh, Fantasy Draft or on DK, you can plug in for uh, 22100 Eliza Hernandez and Dakota Hudson in that St. Louis Miami game and uh, load up all the bats. And on, and on DK, you do the math, it's 11 2. If Chris Sale was 11 2 tonight, we'd be all over that. And you're getting Hudson and Hernandez at that price. It just, it's just a, it's a rare opportunity where you can put a couple of guys in there. You can throw a Junis in that category as well as pretty cheap industry wide. And then you can throw a John Means in there if you want to. Um, all four of those pitches upside. You know, Means versus Jays is solid. Junis, we talked about. Dakota Hudson's getting Miami. And Dakota Hudson leads the Major League Baseball with that ground ball rate. Mm-hmm. So it's likely they're going to get to him. Again, not a big K guy, but a clear path to a safe six or seven innings. Hernandez in the minors has been terrific this year. K rate over 34%. I uh, worry a little bit about the walks there and yeah. St. Louis not being a great matchup. But his price is so cheap that, 
I'm telling you, I've had some fun in Fantasy Draft and DK just tinkering around with a Hudson Hernandez lineup and all the bats. And this is a night where you look at the offense and go, man, wish I had some value arms, but we've got them. We've got plenty of them. And I'm going to be using them to the point where in GPPs, I may not even go with a so-called ace. I may not even pay up for a Corbin or a Paxton when I can get production of the guys like Junis, Means, Hudson, and Hernandez. And it's just a lot more fun. Yeah, well, you mentioned that as far as the aces, and there are aces out there in name and, like, talent, but none of them are, like, this particularly great matchup that jumps off the board. You don't have, like, an ace like Scherzer at home or, like, versus, like, San Diego, where you think he's going to just pile up, like, 10K sale as well, too. There's some good names out there. There's some big Ks out there. Paxton can put up a bigger number, but there's not something that, like, that I'm completely – I'm not afraid of fading any of those pitchers uh, at the top. I'm not afraid of it. And, again, uh, it feels like a slate, like a lot of them this year. With The, the bats are going to win it, right? Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. And I, like we talked about, the, the aces, the so-called aces, the five of them that we spoke about, they have pretty good matchups. They all have the potential. But I'm not really in love with any of them. I, I don't feel like any one of them is going to crush you to the point where, man, you can't win if you didn't have Paxton tonight. I don't think that's going to be the case. So when we can get guys like Junis and Means, Hudson, Hernandez, um, those guys are also great spots. Yeah, they might be six, eight, ten points behind the other guys, but that's one home run. And I think these guys – you know, three or four of these guys here can be fairly close enough that they're the better point-per-dollar play. And, of course, you load up in the bats, and and that's the way we're going to win today in GPPs. In cast games, I'm not sure I'm rolling with ice down there. I don't mind, like, a Paxton Junis, Paxton Hudson maybe, um, Corbin Hudson. Something that effect is what I would do in cash. But, uh, yeah, I, I think in GPPs we could have some fun and uh, not a whole lot of opportunity cost here and just load up on value pitching and bats, and that's exciting. It's a lot of fun building those lineups, let's be honest. It is a lot of fun, and maybe I'm tempted. Uh, I signed up for cash uh, before, kind of like really digging into the slate, and now I'm kind of looking at it like I don't know who my cash game pitchers are, and I think I just might load up on bats and cash too, which is not something that my brain normally does because, you know, arms are more predictive than bats, but we keep saying like Paxton, Paddock, Corbin, Bauer, good plays, but nobody's really jumping off the pages. This guy's going to put up a 30 spot. Like it's possible, sure. Uh, are you aware of Cardi, Derek Cardi and the bat? I've heard of him. The guy with the really nice hair. He does have really nice hair. He's got, I should have led with that. Uh, you'll see that hair if you have premium, by the way, if you have, if you guys have RG premium, uh, he's going to be on next with, I believe, JSU. And, uh, I'm taking a peek as far as what's going down. That's crunch time. Of course, if you guys aren't aware, Roth will be there too. I'll tell you what's going down weather-wise if anything out there is lurking. Uh, so Paxton, Paddock, Corbin, Bauer. I have a, the, the bat pulled up right now. And they're all projected basically within three or four points, all around like 18 to 21-ish points. Like, that's not special. That's, and that's, of course, like the median as far as there's different outcomes, 90 for 90 percentiles and all that he has in the bat too. But as far as the average, we're looking at like 18 to 22 points in those guys, which again is fine. But there are guys that aren't, you know, that far behind that are distinctly cheaper. And that's pro- – I'm curious what Cardi says as far as his cash game pitchers. I – I'm fairly confident that Cardi is going to load up with the bats. And just like you mentioned, Junis, like Junis is not that far behind. Uh, he's what fourteen five on fantasy drafts. I think he's like seven two or so uh, on DK and all the potential Ks there against Detroit. You talk about how he's more of a ground ball guy this year. That ballpark certainly a protection to some degree too. Uh, I I like uh, I'm in on Junis, uh, and he's he's like he's my favorite guy in the mid tier. It sounds like he's your favorite guy in the mid tier as well. Yeah, and even on Fanduel as our you know, solo pitcher site. I don't think it's awful to go Junis in cash. It's a night where you're going to want some bats here. I think he's pretty safe. I mean, even if he's not generating Ks, again, I think a clean six or seven innings are there, four or five Ks, the quality start, 
maybe even a win as a bonus, that might be enough with the right bats today. It's just it's just a slate where you don't want to be fading some of these big guys. And uh, if going from Paxton to Junis gets you two big upgrades in bats, mm-hmm. I'm fine at cash tonight with that. Junis on the season, 20.6% as far as a K percent. That's not very good. But his ground ball percent, like you talked about, uh, he used to be known as a fly ball guy this year so far, 50.2% ground balls. That's pretty awesome. And then as far as uh, you fire up the old plate IQ there, Pepsi, you see that Detroit lineup and it's no shocker. It's all red, basically, when it comes to a K perspective outside of Mickey Cabrera and Castro. Collectively, they strike out 27.6% of the time this season against righties. So there's definitely some upside as far as Judas, too. Um, but again, it's mostly about him being fine and putting up like 15-ish points or so or something like that and uh, getting the load up in the bats in the mid-tier. Uh, I see a question here in chat. Do you like Judas? You mentioned this, actually. You actually agreed. You said Fandle, uh, you could play Judas and Fandle Cash. That's something you'd consider. Yeah, like I said, if it gets you two big upgrades, if you know you're jumping from a mid-tier shortstop to story, a mid-tier third baseman to Arenado, Brian, or Rendon, say that that's a big deal to me. That that's enough to make it work. And uh, on Fanduel, if Junis can get you 35 points, he's certainly capable of 45 or more. But he gets you 33 to 35. That's probably enough as long as the bats do their thing here to, to help you cast tonight. So uh, I'm strongly considering Junis and Fanduel cash. Yeah, we talked about there's two dudes that named Hernandez. Uh, the other guy is uh uh what's saying what's the, the guy for Boston? What's his name? It's uh, the the philo- the Darwin uh, not Darwinism. Dar- Dar- what's his name? Pepsi, help me out. It's Darwin something. Just leaving you hanging. Well, what are you doing? Darwin Hernandez, the left hand lefty southpaw for the Red Sox. He's their top prospect. Um, he's been real good in the minors. Like control, not a great you know not great with control, but he does have a big strikeout rate. I'm concerned how deep he will go in comparison to these other value arms. You know, we're not worried about Hudson and, uh, and um, Junis, you know, and obviously Eliza Hernandez is a concern as well. But, um, yeah, uh, Darwinson Hernandez is a, uh, a guy that I'm concerned about, not on the walk rate, but how deep he goes. He's got a tougher matchup, too, facing Texas in Boston. But we know the Rangers are bad versus uh, lefties. We know both strike out. So he's interesting. Well, I, I think he misses my cut. I'm making about six lineups. Mm-hmm. And the semi value arms up there, I like a little better. I like Eliza Hernandez a little better than Darwinson. But uh, he's an interesting one, too. And if you want to be a little contrarian in the value tier, you can roll him out there. I know that Notorious is big on him today. If you uh, if you have the premium package, you can see that in expert survey there. But uh, I guess he's the one I trust the least. He's got some upside. But, um, man, so many good arms everywhere that we can make a case for four or five or six value arms. That is just crazy. Yeah, also, if you're shopping around based on price, he's a better play on Fandle than he is on DK, and he is on Fantasy Draft for what it's worth. Uh, I think uh, I might get a share on Fandle just for fun. We talked about Eliezer there for the Marlins, and we talked about the cases and racking up of late. Eight last time out in the minor leagues, uh, went you know through 91 pitches, which was perfectly fine. Before that, 12 Ks with 90, 93 pitches. Uh, he has had some games where he had some hiccups as far as walks. And the other thing we saw as far as that St. Louis lineup, uh, no Matt Carpenter. So uh, Yadier Molina's back for what it's worth. Um, but Yadier's back, no Carpenter. That St. Louis lineup is definitely weakened without him uh, in there. And you mentioned that the, on the other side, all the ground balls for uh, for Dakota. And I guess it, it, it doesn't hurt to have Yadier as your catcher all of a sudden, too, and you're facing the Marlins as well. Uh, I'm with you. I think Dakota Hudson's got to be in your pool as well, if nothing else, if you're MMEing, if you're mass multi-entering. But uh, you can't play everybody. But uh, he's another guy that's got to be on the list, right? Yeah, that's why, like I said, this is a great slate to do the multi-entering thing. I mean, it's just um, 
It's an awesome night to get a, take advantage of these value arms and the big bats, and there's so many good value arms. Again, we didn't talk a lot about John Means even, who has been really good for Baltimore this year. Their so-called ace, basically a Toronto lineup that can be had as well. He's pretty reasonably priced there. So, uh, you know, you got Martin Perez even, uh, uh, reasonably priced in the fantasy draft, and DK. I don't love the matchup versus Seattle, but he's been pretty good at times too, and maybe at 6,700 is in DK here, maybe too cheap. I mean, you know, you got uh, Duplantier for Arizona that's got some strikeout potential. I mean, there is just there's a ton of value here. It's it's every other arm you could possibly play, and every other arm you want to stack against. That's the kind of slate it is. What don't you love about Martin Perez's matchup against Seattle? Like just for an, up, an upside perspective, of course he can give up three homers, I suppose. Right. There's a power there, but uh, those dudes strike out a lot. So I, I think Perez yeah. is really interesting for tournaments as well. Yeah, I mean the K potential is there. But I just I'm, I'm more worried about Seattle offensively getting to him than I am with like Dakota Hudson facing Manny, for example. Right, so. You know, I mean, you could certainly argue that say, he's a better player than uh, Eliza Hernandez because yeah, St. Louis is tough, but also he's only 5K. So, yeah, I mean, the potential is there for Perez as well. And um, just so many ways to go. I mean, really, Means, Perez, Duplantier, Hudson, Hernandez. There is five pitchers we like. We'll throw in Junis. Six pitchers we like under 13K on Fandle or sorry, on Fantasy Draft and under 7-2 on DK. That's crazy. And it's the perfect time. Because it's the night we want to go value in all the bats. And then you got Beatty facing the Padres who strike out a ton. He's not a great pitcher, but I guess he's kind of sort of somewhat interesting. He's probably more a guy that would relegate to like late slate only. Again, you can't play everybody. Uh, by the way, I, I did fire up uh, D-Train, our fabulous multitasking producer. I assume he dropped this in the YouTube chat as well. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. Jump on over here to rotogrinders.com. And uh, yeah, also if you guys are asking questions on YouTube, Devin's going to be pulling those as well. But Pepsi, there is a free roll tonight. Uh, on fantasy drafts so go ahead and check that out i assume that's in both chats just feel feel free to click on that bad boy um yeah it's it's really i hate just giving like hey you can play up all these 13 pitchers <laughs> summarize it like kind of like clip it down to like uh how, how you're attacking it you said you're rolling out what like three or six lineups depending on what site you're on how are you finding a way to uh narrow them down yeah, unlike you, I'm not going to do 10% of every single pitcher here, Dean. But uh, I think if you're paying up today, it's Paxton 1, it's Corbin 2. And in cash games, I want one of those two guys. I lean Paxton right now. I think the matchup's a little better and safer for him. And he's got more strikeout potential, as we know. Also a little cheaper, too. So that's where I'd go. I love the idea of pairing them with a Jake Junis in cash. Junis has the best matchup. He's safe to go deep in the game, I believe. And, uh, again, with him generating a very high ground ball rate. Um, the Tigers being so bad and, and striking out so much. I think he's that safest mid-tier arm. So it's Carbon with Junis or it's Paxton with Junis and Cash. Certainly you can go there in GBPs, but I want more bats. So I give Dakota Hudson, um, you know, probably the safest value guy in terms of, uh, you know, I mean, again, leading the Major League Baseball in, in ground ball percentage versus a Miami team that can't hit. So he's pretty safe too if you want to go down to him instead of Junis. I still like Hudson in GBPs just because he's so cheap. Eliza Hernandez got a big strikeout rate, tough matchup, but he's only 5K. So in GPPs, you could really just throw all these value guys, mix them and match them, and, and hope for the best if you don't want to pay up for a Corbin or Paxton. And I think, Dean, that's what I'm going to do. In FanDuel, I'm going to run out some Junis and, and some Hernandez just for some fun and get all the bats. And I'm doing Which this. Hernandez, just to clarify? Uh, Eliza Hernandez is the guy I'm going to roll with. I don't have any Darwinson. No Darwinson Hernandez just yet because – I'm not convinced that he's major league ready, and I'm worried about the pitch count a little bit. And because, as I mentioned, we've got three, four, five, six value arms um, that all have more upside, I think, than him. But uh, Eliza being so cheap, 
you, you got to play them everywhere pretty much tonight, I think. We went through this phonetically. I believe it's a leaser, is it not? Pepsi, we, we, we were, we're stumbling here. This is not yeah, very important, but... Uh, it's one of those things where you need to hear the kid's name more often. Is it a, It's a leaser, not a lizer? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. All right. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I apologize once again if I... Uh, push <laughs> apologize for the entire... entire uh, <laughs> <clears throat> I, in the chat, they're asking about Freddy Peralta, who's like the ultimate, you know, tournament boom-bust guy. You can put up a negative five or a 35, and neither would really surprise you facing Houston, a watered-down Houston team. And we didn't mention them. Um, I guess there's some upside there. Uh, the Houston lineup is that out just yet because they they did call up their their big prospect. Did he crack? Yeah. Okay. So Jordan Alvarez is batting fifth today for what it's worth. So that lineup is a little bit better. But obviously they're still missing Springer. They're still missing the Dominion of Altuve. Uh, that lineup is weak and to a pretty good great extent, especially the back end. Uh, Peralta is he somebody in play for you, or he's just one of those guys if uh, if you're MMAing maybe, but like otherwise you're only playing so many lineups you just can't get there. Yeah, I'm playing some laps that I probably won't go there. Um, I also don't think I would. I'd have to be 20-plus at least. I don't even know if I'd get to that 20-plus. There's just too many good arms out there. And even though Houston is a little watered down, that's still a tough lineup. They don't strike out much. They're very contact-oriented. They're just a frustrating team. And you don't know what you're going to get with Freddy Peralta. So I'd rather roll a dice on somebody that's uh, a little cheaper and a better matchup, I think, here tonight. With so many options we have, I just don't think it's necessary to get exposure to him tonight. And they're asking about, we'll talk about the bats in a second. They're asking about like possibly picking on them too. And I guess you can, but there's just so many that are good spots. Like I had, and you can get the Astros like under 5%, basically all of them, I would imagine. Uh, I, I'm just not making enough lineups to justify it, but I understand why somebody would. Is that sort of your take as well? Yeah, I don't see the upside here. You're missing some big bats for Houston. You want home runs. There's not a ton of them there. Sure, Bregman can go yard. And that's the only guy I can see really having a multi-homer game. Peralta's got strikeout potential. That Milwaukee Brewers bullpen's pretty solid. I just don't see blow-up uh, um, possibilities here. So I'll be uh, I'll be fading pretty much all aspects of that game. Let's talk bats, Pepsi. Uh, before we go around the horn, hit, hit our favorite players position by position. Give me a player or two. You're sort of building your lineups around your core plays. Yeah, core plays. Why well, Trevor Story is a guy I absolutely love. The absolute master is left-handed pitching. Um, I prefer the Cubs side of that game at Coors Field today. But I, I love Story. I just think he is an absolute beast. Um, at a usually, you know, weak position at shortstop. Not, that's not the case tonight. But Story's the guy I think is the, is the one guy that I really, really like tonight on Colorado. Facing a lefty at home, he's a, he's a hard fade. It used to be Arenado is that guy that you didn't want to fade. Uh, lots of pivots at third base tonight. I like Arenado just as much. But I'll give Story, uh, Story the edge there. And I actually forget who the second guy was that we, uh, we talked about pitching. Who's, oh, Anthony Rendon was the other guy, I believe. Um, Talk about a pivot off of Arenado. Anthony yeah. Rendon is a lefty, lefty killer. Uh, Benzuelas has been terrible. The bullpen behind him is terrible. Uh, Washington, I don't know if they're going to be sneaky tonight. You know, they got a pretty high total. But with a lot of attention on cores and a lot of offenses to like, maybe Washington is not as popular as uh, I thought they might be originally. But, um, you know, because you've got Chris Bryant and Arenado already at third, a guy like Rendon could get overlooked. And uh, he's another guy that I really, really like tonight. Yeah, that Peter Lambert is a person. I don't. I'm not sure he really exists. I got to see like photo, photographic evidence of Peter Lambert. It sounds like a creative player, but I guess he's a real person. He was great his first time uh, around against the Cubs, but I don't think that's going to sustain. And I, I'm with you over the Cubby side, and of course Vegas is on the side too. They anyway, have the Cubs as a, a team total over six. Uh, we didn't mention Lambert in our rundown. We're not playing him. It doesn't sound like it. I don't know if people are chasing that, but that's not something I would advise. Uh, yeah, like the Cubs are, you know, have a team total over six. You talk about Washington uh, picking on Manny Buenuelos. Uh, you know, the Twins, I believe, are the most homers in all of baseball, if not the most. Well, maybe Arizona does now after last night. They hit like 17. 
I've not seen the updated standings. Uh, thanks to Eikhoff and company there. But and Leak has yielded what like something like 18 homers this year so far. He's averaging two per nine. Like I just love that Minnesota side. Just I mean, it's it just all boppers. You know that that entire lineup basically is just it's loaded with some power. Uh, there's just so many teams that are going to go completely ignored. And again, you can't roster everybody. So math tells us that nobody's going to be terribly high owned, far as I can tell. Uh, let's jump around the horn, Pepsi. As far as a uh, catcher, I want to see if the Yankees have released their lineup for the second game against Sanchez. He caught, so maybe he'll DH. We don't know. But uh, let's, I guess, if Sanchez is playing, certainly we're interested. What if he's not playing? I'm, I, I mean, I love Sanchez if he's playing, obviously, but I hope he's not just because it's one more bat I want to get exposure to, and I, it makes it easier. If Sanchez is not playing, maybe Voigt doesn't start either. Maybe I can get off of the Yankees in a great matchup versus Vargas. Uh, that would make it a little bit easier for me who's not playing, again, 20-plus lineups. But um, I think Sanchez is the guy, obviously, if he's starting or DHing here. Um, I think you can go to Wilson Contreras as well if you're paying up just because that game's going to have a lot of runs, I think, tonight. The Cubs could easily score 15 runs tonight off of uh, Lambert in that week. Uh, Rockies bullpen. Aside from that, if you're not paying up for Contreras or um, or um, Gary Sanchez today, I think you go with value. Yan Gomes is a guy that I like. Again, I like these Washington bats, especially the righties. He's pretty cheap. And uh, Danny Jansen, once again, you know, if, if you're going to go to a catcher, I mean, I don't want to pick on means necessarily, but uh, – you know, it's a it's a splits in his favor situation. A bad Baltimore bullpen on the road in a good park. So um, if you need all the savings, it's still Jansen. If you can get up to Gomes, I think that's a better play. And if you can, uh, if you're rolling out Hernandez and Hudson, like I'm going to do a couple of times, and you can have all the bats, you certainly want to get to Sanchez or Contreras. I think. All right, Rotogrinders lineup page. Uh, the Yankees lineup is out. The Mets lineup is out, and Sanchez is playing. I presume he's DHing because Austin Romine is also playing, so he's probably DHing there, batting third. We got LeMahieu, Boyd cracked the lineup too. He's playing both games. Uh, as I suspected, uh, Diddy Gregorius is not playing. He's not going to play both games. That makes sense. Just coming back from his uh, his injury, Tommy John, I believe. Uh, Sanchez, Torres, uh, Frazier, Urshela, Cam Maven, Romine, and Brett Gardner. Um, first base. First base is not all that loaded for me today. I think there's other positions that, like third is just ridiculous. Of course, on fans draft, you don't have to worry about these kind of things. You probably want like two or three third bases if you're building fantasy uh, draft laps, maybe even more than that. Uh, I guess the first question is at first base is, do we have salary for Anthony, Anthony Rizzo? How much you prioritizing Rizzo? Yeah, I think you find salary for him. He might be the best bat in that Cubs lineup with the splits in his favor uh, and just him being a beast in general here. So love the Cubbies. You know, again, they're facing a weak picture, weak bullpen. They're on the road. Greatest hitting environment in the history of baseball here. Uh, you got to get to Rizzo, I think. You want to be a little contrarian, you can go to Voight who is uh, obviously starting with the Yankees. And I think that all these uh, righties, Yankee power hitters may get overlooked now when we're talking Coors and Washington. So and Vargas has been really good. Every time I try to pick on him, it's not working for me. So um, I want to have a lot of Yankees tonight. So he might be a contrarian play, even though he's in a terrific spot. And aside from them too, you know, Howie Kendrick is interesting and Fanduel is pretty cheap there. Uh, I know you can play him elsewhere on uh, fantasy draft, obviously. His price and, is ridiculous there, but yeah, you can yeah. play him. And you can play elsewhere. But this is another guy that has big potential that nobody's going to be on, at least on uh, DK with that price point. And there's a couple other ways you can go. Bellinger, Max Muncy, you know, these Dodgers lefties are, are, you know, not the best ballpark, but pretty good matchup versus Payne tonight too. So if you're looking to go to Turing and get off of Rizzo and Voigt, there are definitely some options. Are we in love with them? No. What I want to do is go mostly Rizzo, maybe exposure to Voigt. And that's all I have to do. But Bellinger and Muncy are interesting as well. Ballpark there in Arlington, in Arlington uh, out there in Anaheim's been playing better for homers uh, since they lowered the fence out there in right field. So not as bad of a ballpark, but for homers, as, as you might suspect, or 
you know, uh, and the team total kind of speaks to it as well. Five and change, of course, that speaks to speaks to the talent of a guy like Bellinger and a guy like Muncie, who maybe Muncie, I guess he can't hit it uh, in the beach or in the <laughs> the river or whatever, and in the water from in, in Anaheim. That's probably not going to happen. But uh, I for sure like those guys as pivots as well. Did want to mention so Mike Fultonevich, who uh, coming off a great season last year. Obviously, he's been kind of trashy this year, and the numbers suspected he kind of got lucky. Better of late though. Last couple starts are better. Better of late, but still, as far as yielding power, Pepsi, this season, not the biggest sample size in the world, but 44 innings and change. Dude is averaging, he's giving up three homers per nine. He's giving up a homer uh, less than every three innings, and he's facing Josh Bell, who's you know gets a positive ballpark jump, and he took a massive jump this year as far as his skill. Uh, and he's kind of priced down for Bell, at least, uh, cheaper than he's been like in like weeks past. And nobody's going to play him. And I hate saying that because like nobody's going to play a lot of guys that are going to be that are really well positioned. But you know, don't if you're playing like six or seven or eight lineups, get Bell in one of them. Uh, I mean, you can. I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. The guy seems to be every night that you know he doesn't see a lot of ownership. He has a big game, and every time I do the expert serve and they ask me what player am I most afraid of not rostering, it's Bell. Yet I still don't go there. But uh, it's certainly an interesting contrarian play. But you don't like homers. Chick, chicks dig the long ball. Does Pepsi not dig, dig the long ball? Yeah, I get it. I said, p- part of me is like, it's the Pittsburgh offense more often than not, I feel like, I guess. I mean, you could use Bell as a one-off. I tend to stack more nights like tonight. And I don't want to pick on Fulton Levich. I think that he's starting to get the game shape. We know that he was hurt. He missed a lot of spring training innings. That's why he's, you know, had a slow start. He's coming around a little bit. Um, it's still a decent matchup for Bell. I just don't know this. this is the night that I want to go there. I won't be going there. I'll tell you that. But I'm not going to talk out of it. I get it. It's just there's so many better options. There's so many options that Bell won't make it in my lineup. But he is a scary guy to fade. I'm going to get one chair, Bell, just for you. And, hey, that Pittsburgh lineup's with bolster tonight. Corey Dickerson's back. Yeah. I'm excited about Corey Dickerson. I mean, yeah, he's cheap everywhere. And, again, if you if you want to pick on Fulton Levich, I get it. Not, I mean, there's 17 other arms I want to pick on before Fulton Levich. But I get it. These Pirates lefties are interesting. Throw Polanco in the mix. Uh, could be a very sneaky stack. But I just don't really believe in the Pirates offense that much. And, I feel like Fulton Evans can be fine tonight. Maybe not I, great to roster, but I don't feel like we have to stack against him. I should be clear. I'm not stacking. I'm one-offing or two-offing. I like Dickerson and I like Bell, and that's basically it as far as that went up. I, I don't like Polanco, but I'm probably not going to get there. Get some Polanco in there if you're doing that. <laughs> Jack of the bank potential. Yeah, well, spoiler alert, later on in the show, is that is that on the list? Do we know? Is it, you made a list. You showed me uh, before the show. You actually hold it up, Pepsi. Show the people. Is it not by you? I made a list, and I'm checking it twice. I'm still uh, still a little bit of paper and pen kind of guy, so it's uh, it's easier to write it down because I, you know, when you're writing things down, it sticks in the brain better, and it's a uh, it's a nice reference point to have in front of me when we're going fairly quickly or through positions. All right, check your check your list. What are you, what are you doing at the Keystone position, second base? I don't really like second base. I mean, Dozier's no. cheap everywhere. Matchup's good on the road here. Still gets his four bats in, uh, even though he's batting probably seventh, uh, sixth looks like tonight. So I like Dozier. Um, Cesar Hernandez is interesting leading off. LeMahieu, now that we know he's also starting leading off, is in a good spot here. Yeah, it takes him two or three hits to get there, but in plus matchups versus lefties, he tends to do that. Um, that's about it. I guess you can go to a guy like Addison Russell where he's cheap. He's in Coors on the road. That's interesting. But, yeah, second base is a spot where I'm just going to kind of fill it in last. I'm going to get some value. Dozier and FanDuel. I mean, cash games, that's the guy. Uh, 4K on, on, um, on DK is pretty good, too. So, I'll try to get to Dozier in that mid-tier where I can. Um, but obviously, uh, on Fantasy Draft, you don't have to play a second baseman, which is really nice. And I probably won't be doing that over there. 
Yeah, I agree with that. And I think as far as DK and as far as Fandle, you're kind of sort of, I don't want to say forced, you're sort of being pushed into picking Dozier. Uh, and for that reason, he might be one of the most popular hitters in the slate. And yeah, historically hits lefties well. You know, he's been hit with lefties well this season. Uh, he's facing Manny Benuelos as a guy we're not afraid of, a bullpen we're not afraid of. They're locked in for nine innings. So all the arguments in the world make sense. And he's, he's economical too. Like it makes a ton of sense to play Dozier. That's why I suspect he's going to grab a fair bit of ownership. Uh, will be one of the highest hitters as far as ownership of the slate. And for all those reasons, maybe he's a good pivot and uh, get away from in tournaments. But, like, who do you pivot to is the question. And there's nothing that really pops, right? I'm okay with Merrifield. Uh, you know, LeMahieu, of course, in your stack, and the Yankees probably the best one-off, although he has flashed some power of late for what it's worth. But uh, it's it's probably the weakest position of the slate, is it not? Yeah, and LeMay is also pricey. So you're, you're paying a premium to get those two or three hits that he's going to have to – roll together here but yeah it's just a situation where i say to you hey go with the second baseman with the team is stacking but when you think about all the teams are stacking there's no second baseman you want there so really like you said it's going to come down to dozier getting a lot of exposure and i wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the higher owned guys tonight just because there's a lack of upside there dozier has the home run upside on the road good matchup and he's and he's fairly cheap industry-wide so you know he's definitely gonna be the highest on second baseman and another good reason to get on to fantasy draft. If you're not there, you don't got to play a catcher. You don't got to play a second baseman. You can just play the bats you want. I love building laps in fantasy draft. And tonight is a lot of fun to build it because you get the value arms. You get all the bats you want, literally. You don't have to have a catcher. You don't have to have a second baseman. I get every bat I want in fantasy draft. Yeah, I was looking at Kip this, but he didn't crack the lineup. I didn't necessarily love the matchup, but he was super cheap. And I thought it was like a low opportunity cost as far as the position. Uh, if you want to spend up a bit, I don't mind Moustakos versus Peacock. Uh, don't really want to pick on Peacock, but if you are, you can do so with a lefty. And then uh, the mouthwash, Jonathan Scope. We don't just get to say his name enough. Uh, Minnesota's a team I'm considering stacking, and if I can knock off a second baseman that stack against Leak, who, who just yields a ton of homers, I'm in on that. I know he's buried in the lineup, but who cares about that in tournaments? Uh, jump the third, Pepsi. Hot corner, what do you have for me? Because it's, it's, it's loaded. Absolutely loaded. Uh, there's three guys you want. Chris Bryant, Nolan Arenado and uh, Anthony Rendon, and I'm not going anywhere else. You, you can make a case for a lot of guys. I know Machado's cheap, for example, but there's just no way I'm building maybe six lives max per site, and I'm probably going to go two Rendon, two Arenado, and two Bryant. Or you can use Bryant in the outfield. Um, I believe you can do a fantasy draft and DK. That's nice, too, because then I get exposure, more exposure than just two lineups for these guys. But that's the top three. I'm going to rank them just because people are going to ask me to do that, and it makes sense. Yeah. It's hard not to roll with Arenado versus a lefty, but I'm actually going to go Bryant first just because I really like the Cubs. The extra bats pull are there. It's a weaker starting pitcher and bullpen. So Bryant's one. Uh, Rendon and, and Arenado are so close. I give the edge to Rendon if you're trying to be a little contrarian because I think Arenado's going to be more popular. Um, but uh, they're so close. But I will go Arenado and then Rendon third. But I really love these three guys almost equally to the point where, again, if I'm doing six lineups, I'm probably going to go two, two, and two. Yeah, and we talk about being loaded because we're ignoring Bregman. And Bregman, of course, is a great play. He's always a great play when he's going to be ignored. And, you know, Peralta's not a guy we're necessarily running away from. I'm not afraid of him. He could be a mess. Uh, Muncy, we talked about his power ability, you know, in, in Anaheim with the, the platoon advantage. Machado, you can play at shortstop. He's super cheap at third base as well, too. Yes, the ballpark stinks. But, again, uh, Beattie, not necessarily afraid of him. Uh, Sano, massive power potential against Mike Leake. Uh, Moose, the aforementioned Moose Tacos, uh, there against Peacock. There's just so many other options uh, that are just that are just you can't play everybody, <laughs> and well, all these guys are just alone. 
on fantasy draft and on Fanduel, you can play more of them. Again, you can't play everybody, but you can play more. You can play all three on fantasy draft. Another reason why you should be building lineups over there. But on Fanduel, too, at the utility, you can get two of those three in. And obviously, on DK, you're going to have to uh, you're going to have to pick and choose there. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just I just think that's why we're saving money at catcher. That's why we're saving money at second base. You know, uh, on sites that you have to play those positions because you have to pay for one of these third baseman in my opinion tonight hey, did you have to catch what went down last night atlanta in the pittsburgh game with donaldson and uh musgrove did you have to catch us by chance no i missed that too much raptors uh talk M- musgrove like threw inside on him and it didn't look terribly intentional like donaldson took umbrage to him and he kind of attacked the mound and like, really? i don't think any punches were thrown but he charged uh, the mound uh, he came close enough. Like it, the, the, the bench is cleared. I, I wouldn't say he charged okay. the mound, but like okay. he was given the insinuation, the catcher kind of sort of held him back. And then, you know, everybody runs in and nothing really happens, but uh, Musgrove got kicked out for it for basically just throwing a ball inside. It was really just because Donaldson essentially overreacted. It's very well, strange. Two things I would ask. And I didn't see the highlights in that, unfortunately, but I'm wondering a, if there's a history there between the two and B if there was something in that series of that game already, where maybe somebody got warned and then he throws inside a bit. Donaldson overreacts and they toss them. I mean, I, I, I first game of the series. I don't know if something happened last time. And to my knowledge, there's no history there. I just thought it was weird. That is strange. That is strange, especially that they tossed him for not even hitting him. That's strange. I'll have to look into it after the show here, but I, I can't, uh, I can't, um, you know, elaborate any more on it because I, I missed it, unfortunately. Shortstop Pepsi, what do you have for me? Yeah, uh, Trevor Story. I mean, you know, Trevor Story is the guy. I mean, he's, he's hit Quintana well. He's a beast versus lefties. Again, I want to pay up here. If you're not on him, you're going to Javier Baez, and it's very similar to third base. You got Colorado, you got Chicago, and you got Washington Trey Turner here, who I think also is jacking a bag upside here. Uh, these three guys I really want to get to. Another reason why we're saving money, catcher, and at second, and on the mound, because you want to pay up for one of those three guys. Uh, Gliber Torres is the guy that thinks the contrarian play. We talked about Voight, we talked about Sanchez, the right handed power for the Yankees. We love tonight. Now, uh, Gleyber Torres is not going to get much ownership. Eight to 10%, I would think, at most. Of course, Jimena will let us know that shortly. Uh, because when you got Story, Baez, and Turner, and plus matchups, Torres is just going to miss the cut there. And they probably misses my cut as well. But um, that's just an interesting play, I think, if you're trying to be a little contrarian. And once again, I'm going to say, like, nobody's going to play Polanco. Uh, it's, it's not happening. Uh, outside of a stack, I suppose, right? That Minnesota stack, I, I keep talking about it. I'm definitely going to have a stack out there uh, of the Twinkies there against, uh, against Leak. I think is just uh, prime to give up a couple of homers. You know, guy gives up a ton of homers and the team bangs a couple of homers. It's, you know, two and two. Uh, should equal four in theory, but small sample sizes, yada, yada, yada. Uh, nobody's going to play out of Berto Mondesi, too. Another guy jacking a bag potentially is probably not on your list. But, again, you can't play everybody. Uh, let's jump to the outfield. Pepsi, we're making good time. We're going to jump to the outfield. Well, we're going to do a little screen share. We're going to show uh, – I want to see what's going down as far as uh, ownership projections. I want to see what's going down. You know, obviously the ownership projections, you know, they – constantly update and they become more and more accurate as we uh, come up on uh, lock time. Uh, I want to see what's going down as far as uh, umpire data. I believe that's filtering through as well, but let's, uh, let's knock out some outfielders first where I don't think we, a lot of times like to say money in the outfield. There's a lot of outfielders that are out there, but I think today is kind of sort of a spend up day. There's not a lot of cheapies in the outfield far as I can tell. Yeah. It's another position to spend up for us. So again, value arms, value, value, value arms. Uh, the Cubbies, you, you know, uh, Kyle Schrober leading off, uh, Chris Bryant, where he's out for eligible, makes sense. Uh, I like Jock Peterson and Bellinger from the Dodgers as well, a little sneaky. You know, Boston, we didn't talk a lot about the Boston Red Sox offense here. Bogarts is a guy you could have played it short. Um, you know, they're in a pretty good spot too, and maybe they get overlooked with uh, Bats and Martinez, obviously having big game upside. But three guys who I think can hit home runs tonight that are going to get, you know, less ownership than maybe they should. 
And I got to double check if the Yankees lineup came out. Aaron Hicks did not make the lineup, did he? Uh, Aaron Hicks is not in there now. Okay, so Hicks was going to be one of those guys where I could be sneaky. But I'll give you that too. Ian Desmond. Everybody forgets about Desmond versus a lefty. Uh, this is the one time to play. Yes, he gets a lot of ground balls, but he's he's much more explosive versus a lefty here. So I like Desmond. I think he's sneaky because he doesn't really get on the uh, – or the Rockies train alongside Arnado and Story here. So Desmond, who's also hit Quintana well, small sample size, and Randall Grichuk. Grichuk remains cheap on the road, splits in his favor, bad ballpen, great ballpark. So there's a couple of guys that I think might fly on the radar a little bit, and they can hit home runs tonight. Uh, Betts is still too cheap. J.D. Martinez is still too cheap. Of course, Coors Field, I mean, Schwerber is, uh, they did raise the price on him, but he's still, uh, he's leading off once again, I presume, right? Who's that, Schwerber? Yes, he is, yep. Yeah, uh, Cunha, I don't mind. I mentioned Dickerson in passing. He's like 2-8 on Fandle. I don't mind that. Plenty of power. I presume he's the same guy. And we talked about Fulton Evans and his tendency to yield, yield the, the homers. He's pretty cheap, pretty reasonable on fantasy draft and DK as well, but probably more of a tournament play. And, again, like Trout, you could always play Bellinger. You can always play Otani. He's pretty cheap as well, too. The split's in his, his favor. Bryce Harper, who's been, you know, disappointing, is still cheap. Uh, I think you could still play him. Chris Davis is super cheap as well, too, of course. Of all the places we're looking to, to load up on bats, we're not necessarily looking for bats in Tampa. Terrible spot, but, like, you know, the price kind of speaks to it. Uh, Cargo, Carlos Gonzalez, did he crack the lineup once again? I'm not on the lineup page. He did reason. not. Yeah, he did not. I was looking at that as well. He's actually my value bat for home runs in the lower tier here, and uh, the Cargo did not make the lineup today. Uh, El Mora's batting ninth. I'm just seeing that now. Uh, El Mora usually leads off sometimes, but uh, usually I guess it's against lefties, right? Um, Sherpa has been so good there recently that I guess he's lost a job for now. All right. Let's, uh, let's have a chat, start loading up some questions. We'll knock those out. Uh, after we do the screen share, first thing we do on the screen share here, Pepsi, I wanted to show, uh, the old, the old, uh, lineup, uh, headquarters, as you would say, you like to spell it out for us, right? Yes, sir. Uh, let's see what's kind of popping as far as pitchers. I'm always curious to see what the plate IQ premium score is the top guy is Paxton. Oh, Paxton by a good bit, too, for what it's worth, by the way. He's uh, seven points ahead of the field. Uh, Paxton and Peacock, which is kind of sort of somewhat interesting. Corbin's in there, Castillo, Maeda, Peralta, Bauer. Does anybody kind of jump off the page for you? Thornton's a guy we didn't talk about, but I think he's playable. I just, you know, again, I'm not playing enough lineups to get there. Uh, have you taken a look here at the plate IQ premium score? Anything that it looks weird to you or it looks basically standard? Yeah, it looks pretty good to me in terms of strikeout prop. We've got seven and a half for Bauer, Corbin, and Paxton leading the way. Um, umpire data is something that I always find interesting here as well. And most of these aces, Luis Castillo and uh, Trevor Bauer, got hitters umpires. We don't know yet who Paxton's going to have. Uh, Corbin gets a neutral umpire. Something that did concern me a little bit. Uh, Martin Perez, guys are asking about him. Uh, extreme pitches umpire, so that's good. We've got a pitch umpire in Miami. So for those laps, you want to go Hudson Hernandez, which I'm doing at least once because they're so cheap. They also have a pitcher's umpire. But um, I think it was Junis had an extreme hitters. Yes, Junis, who I really like. Extreme hitters umpires. So if uh, you're wavering on Junis versus somebody else, maybe him having the extreme hitters umpire will get you off of him. But I absolutely love the umpire data along with the uh, the K-prop here for uh, for the uh, line of headquarters. Got every game except for it looks like I think Tampa. Well, no, no, that, we have that one. Uh, as far as you talked about Paxton, he's got a hitter's umpire. I mean, like, for me, I just really care about the extremes. You know, obviously, I, I prefer uh, a pitcher's umpire if I'm on a roster of Paxton, but I don't really care. It's not going to chase me away. And it, nothing else, it's a tiebreaker sometimes. We don't, we don't have Paddock's umpire just yet. That's a brand new series and it's on the West Coast. So we'll get it at some point later on tonight. Uh, and it, like you said, it's mostly extreme hitters. 
as far as Atlanta, as far as, uh, you know, Fulton Edwards and Archer. Hey, look at that. Josh Bell. Get yourself a Josh Bell Pepsi. Pepsi. Come on, make it happen. Let's do no, it. I'm not flaps to get Josh Bell. I want, I want too much uh, Rizzo over there. I do like some Kendrick as well. And I know that nobody's playing with that price. So that's probably where I go instead of Bell. Yeah, like you touched on the props there, uh, Corbin, Bauer, Paxton. And that's the thing. I know he's got a prop. We saw Sale the other day at seven, uh, nine and a half. I think we saw Scherzer at like nine and, uh, you know, seven and a half, whatever. And again, these guys can get 11 or 12. I suppose that's in the conversation in the realm of possibilities and then like a 95 percentile positive outcome. But it's probably not going to happen. Thornton, interesting, is the next guy down with all the other five and a halves. But, uh, yeah, nothing. It's, yeah, I, I, look, we're, I think we're making it very clear. Uh, the bats dominate this league. Pitchers are fine, but we're probably going to spend down to some degree. Let's see what we have as far as hitters. Let's see who the, the top plate IQ premium score hitter it is. Oh, it's Anthony Rendon, uh, who we think is going to be kind of sort of somewhat ignored. Tommy Pham next was kind of, I guess they like the Tampa. Where's is Brendan Lau in this conversation? I like Lau a bit tonight too. It's yeah, awesome. I meant I meant to mention him earlier, but I think he's an interesting uh, an interesting one off or or a play there, but. Um... Yeah, overall, I mean, you know, you know, a decent play on second base where he's eligible there off of a Sad Dozier here versus a fly ball pitcher in fires. Yeah, and our highest percentage ownership as of right now is Schwarber at 16%. So, like, again, massive slate, uh, tons of places to go, and I wouldn't really freak out. I mean, if there's a difference between 16% and, like, 3%, obviously, but, you know, as a general rule, as a general thought, just play what you like, right? Yeah, it's a fun night to do that. And again, it's, you can make an argument for and against all these aces. So again, yeah, it's one of those nights where it's just play what feels good to you. Like if you're debating on Junis versus Hudson, you prefer Hudson, away you go. We'll give you all the information in terms of umpires and value and matchups. But at the end of the day, you got to go with your gut. If not for anything other than, you know, you hate to be wrong because you moved off a guy because Dean said so. You know, I, I can't do that. So always go with what you think is best. You got nowhere to blame and you feel better about it when you're right. Uh, pulling up the core plays, cards like Story and Rendon. He's got Munoz is leading off today uh, for the Cardinals for what it's worth. I think he's he's two K on Fanduel for what it's worth, but there is definitely an opportunity cost at shortstop as we talked about. There's like three or four guys that's like you know, something you can do in fantasy draft. Though Dini brought it up, he's six point three in fantasy draft. That's dirt cheap. He's leading off versus a kid that we really don't know what to expect. He's been great, but again, it's a rookie pitcher here. St. Louis could certainly get to him. He's one guy you could stick on the infield if you're trying to get some value in there and load up some bats with, say, an ace like a James Paxton. So more of an interesting play, I think, on a, on a set like fantasy draft than, as you said, on Fanwood DK when you really want to pay up. You know, 15-gamer, they always give us a hard time, or me, me a hard time more specifically, as far as time management. But uh, I think it was pretty good, to, you know, the rare time, pretty good time management, Pepsi. 15-game slate, a lot of lot to talk about. We got 10 minutes for the people, 10 minutes for questions. And that's pretty solid. Of course, we're going to knock out to – plays three guys that are going to homer and your favorite stacks fire away uh the cubs number one uh colorado washington tied for second i mean there's a lot of ways you can go dean mentioned minnesota versus league i think that's contrarian uh the yankees in boston might get overlooked today and of course the dodgers lefties are good too so there's a lot of stacks you can go with in terms of home runs and the high tier it's a shorter story the mid-tier gleber torres and for value i had cargo but cargo of course not in the lineup I'll say Grichik on FanDuel and your boy Corey Dickerson on DK. And Jack in a bag, Dean, you care to guess? Uh, it's not Mondesi, is it? Trey Turner for the Washington yeah, Nationals. Uh, questions. This is from the YouTube. If you guys watch us on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. Much appreciate that. Help grow the channel. Keep the old proverbial lights on. Uh, favorite starting pitchers for cash, Pepsi? 
Uh, it's James Paxton for me. You know, I mean, I'm okay with Eunice if you want to do it on a, on a one-pitcher site or even a two-pitcher site. I don't like the extreme hitters umpire part, but Detroit's so bad, it may not matter here. So it's definitely Paxton I'm paying up. Corbin, a slight, uh, or just behind him in second there, and then Junis in the mid-tier. So uh, kind of the, the build on that, favorite two starting pitcher twos. Mm, good question. I will say um, Dakota Hudson and Junis. So Junis won Hudson two. He's safe. He's cheap. Uh, any Perez from Minnesota? I guess some of these questions are probably from from earlier in the show, obviously. But uh, what are your, what's your thoughts as far as Perez and uh, Minnesota pitcher? Yeah, I'm worried a little bit about the power and the lack of strikeout potential. I know Perez has been better there. Um, but at his price point on, on fantasy draft and, uh, and on DK here, uh, he, he's certainly worth playing there. So uh, I like Perez a lot more there than I do on Fandale. Uh Corey Seager is a pivot off of story. You know, I don't think Seager's got the upside. I mean, I like the Dodgers lefties, but I want Mun- Muncie and Bellinger. Um, you know, Trevor Story, Javier Baez, Trey Turner, Gleber Torres, all those guys have monster game potential that I don't think Corey Seager does. So unless you're getting a significant discount and it works fine. But if you're looking for a pivot off a story, to me, it's Baez or Turner. I'm pulling up the ownership. I'm curious if there's a distinct difference in ownership projection. Seager as of right now uh, projected for 5% story. And he's not projected very high either because with a normal salary cap. But again, this stuff will change. It'll be adjusted all the way up the lock. Uh, I think you can play Seager. I'm fine with, but you know, I, I, if it's not a big difference in ownership, I, I don't think you have to do it. Well, when you say pivot, though, I think of, okay, Story could have a double-dong day, four hits, double-dong, right? So if you're going to get off of him to have that monster game that beats Story or hope Story's quiet, that's a guy like Baez or Turner, I think. That's not Seager. He hasn't had those monster games. Am I okay playing Seager if he's much cheaper, if it works for you? Well, yeah, sure. It's a fine play, but I don't think he's got the GBP pivot upside if you're looking to get off of Story and beat him. Thoughts on a Minnesota stack, Kepler, Rosario, Sano. I think it made it very clear. I like the Minnesota stack. Do you confirm or deny? I, I confirm. I think it's a great play, and it's going to get to very low ownership versus league. Uh, Jason Castro, a catcher? I mean, again, I'm playing up for Sanchez or Contreras where I can, and for value, I prefer Gomes. Uh, I'm fine with Castro. I prefer Gomes and Jansen cheaper, I think, though, than I do Castro. So I'd rank him fifth out of those four that I mentioned, or five that I mentioned. Do you like Choi at first? It just doesn't seem necessary. I know Fires, fly ball guy, but, you know, he's just so far down my list. I, I can't play Choi. I would do that only in a raised stack. If you're going to go with, like, Fam, you know, Lau, Choi, Adams, or, or Meadows, I mean, I mean, I think that that's you know only play him in a stack hope Tampa goes off. I, I you don't want to play him over Rizzo in my opinion. Voight's too good, and even Kendrick. I mean, I know he's a lot more expensive. Kendrick is on Fanduel, not the case, but in general. But yet, yeah, again, a lot of opportunity cost going to him. You mentioned Lau. They're asking about Lau at second base, and I think it's a really solid tournament pivot. Again, if you want to get away from Dozier, we think is going to be yep. uh, fairly popular, especially on Fanduel, where the price just it's just you're just kind of boxed into playing him uh, probably from your cash game. And a lot of people just take their cash game and run it out there in tournaments as well, too. So that'll hype the ownership, I suspect. Uh, Love Lau's uh, upside. Uh, any Shavis from Boston? We talked about yesterday. Uh, Shavis is just, I mean, he's kind of fraudulent. He's not the guy you, you want him to be. He's batting ninth at home versus Gerardo. Um, behind Marco Hernandez, Brock Holt, Christian Vasquez. I guess they're trying to, like, you know, maybe if he's over you know, over trying, whatever you want to say. But, you know, reality's hit to the Say it again? Just taking some pressure off the kid, I guess. Yeah, I got no Shavis tonight. I mean, I, I don't hate it where he's second base eligible because it's so weak down there. 
um, getting off of Dozier. But I think Brendan Lau is the guy you go to for upside, as you mentioned. And again, there's value plays and Addison Russell and Cesar Hernandez who are hitting much higher in the order. Yeah, unless you're doing a wraparound or something like that. The price is not adjusted to where he should be because of how well he did, you know, coming right. out of the gate. I just, right. It's just an overspend <clears throat> and uh, just not necessary as far as I can tell. Uh, Willie Adamas? Adamas is fine if you're looking at a T-Bay stack, needs some value there. Again, if you're playing him at shortstop, though, man, I don't want to do that. Story Baez Turner, that's all I want to do. Uh, utility spot, infield spot in a fantasy draft, and a five-band Tampa stack for value. Absolutely, but not a guy I'm seeking out. I'm not really seeking Tampa. I do the Fires is just one of those guys that finds a way to go six or seven and uh, and not get beat up too badly. Yeah, he'll give up a homer, but not much else, most likely. That's kind of what he does. Uh, thoughts on a 50-50 split between Tampa and Minnesota? I assume that means like the same lineup, playing Tampa stack with Minnesota stack. Is that what they're saying? It's interesting. I mean, that's a little contrarian. Again, Minnesota is one of those ones that we probably love most that we feel like we'll have a lower ownership, maybe under 10%. So sticking with Tampa Bay as another team with really low ownership. So it's interesting. You could, I mean, and Tampa Bay is a little cheaper to make it happen. So I like it. I would prefer to put uh, Minnesota with two value arms and, uh, you know, and a bigger stack like, you know, Colorado, Chicago, or Washington. But I don't hate the idea of Minnesota and Tampa together. They're interesting. Muncie or Voigt? Voigt. Uh, this is a tough one, Pepsi. I don't really know how to answer this one. This is probably something I'll be staring at too when I get off the show. Uh, Voight, and this is for cash games. Voight and Story versus Rizzo and Turner. Rizzo and Turner, but I'd like both. Bryant or Bellinger? Bryant. Uh, tournament play. Uh, let's see. Under 7.5K starting pitchers to pair together for a full – let me see. Under 7 – okay, yeah, give me two pitchers on DK – that are under 7.5K, so you can pair together for a Chicago or Colorado stack, a core stack. I will go with Junis and Hudson. Yeah, uh, that, that's what it would be, I guess, as well. Maybe uh, they like upset a little bit, but I think they're safe allowing the bats to do the work. Rendon or uh, Baez for fantasy draft? Oh, baby. Yeah. Ooh, it's Rendon. I would like to use both of them. Obviously, in fantasy draft, you're probably, you know, using a lot of guys in the infield that are high, you know, value guys here, but... Uh, I give Rendon the edge over bias. Uh, Milwaukee stack, uh, uh, stack all the lefty bats. And, wait, Milwaukee stack with all the lefty bats. So stack the Milwaukee lefties um, versus uh, Peacock. I don't think so. I like Peacock. I know he hasn't been great. Maybe last year was a, a one-off for him, but uh, I don't think so. Just, there's just so many ways you can go. Milwaukee's lefties in that ballpark on the road is interesting too. There's just, again, you can stack 15 teams tonight, but, Washington, or sorry, Milwaukee's not a team that I'm on. I would have to be 50 lineups in to go to Milwaukee tonight. To be Houston's got a solid pen, too. Uh, and like I said, it's a negative ballpark shift from Milwaukee going to Houston as well. There is some boppers in there. There is some power. But like Travis Shaw, we didn't mention him. He's still super cheap. I don't mind him. Uh, if you need a punt, I think he's all right. Like Aguiar and Thames, of course, have plenty of power as well. Moose has plenty of power, too. Yelich didn't mention Yelich. He's going to go super low on for what it's worth. But, um, yeah, I, again, like, like you said, they're down the list. Can they do it? Of course, but it's the scenic route, far as I can tell. Uh, Fulton Nevich versus Pittsburgh. No, thanks. I mean, we talked about how much somebody likes these lefty bats and Polanco and Dickerson and uh, Bell. Uh, Fulton Nevich looks better to me. The velocity's coming up a little bit. He's been better, but Pittsburgh's a tough team in general. They don't present the upside that you want in terms of walking and striking out a lot. So there are better options, and we, and we talked about them. Ballpark or skill? You got Desmond or Harper? I'm going to go, wow, that is tough. I'm going to go to Desmond. That's a guy that I really like facing lefties, and I use a lot of Desmond versus lefties, and he gets under-owned 
despite Colorado's popularity. And again, he's hit Quintana well, which I hate, or what I hate, sorry, but when they bat him six and they go lefty, righty, lefty, righty, I just, I really wish they would have him behind Arnada because a lot of times it seems like there's a couple of guys on and Murphy or Dahl ground out before Desmond comes up and hits a double, you know? So I don't like the lefty in front of him, but uh, Desmond gets the edge for me tonight. Let's rank the Minnesota outfielders. Kepler, Boomstick, Rosario, Marwin's eligible, Buxton as well. I will go Rosario, Kepler, Cruz, and Buxton. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic or Yanni? That's a great question. Who's? <laughs> I think Weird Al's do. Weird Al or? Yanni. Oh, okay. I'll go Weird Al. <laughs> I like Weird Al, man. I even bought one of his albums back in the day. I've seen Weird Al in concert. Uh, I, I had free tickets. I was comp by a hotel once and uh, a lot of costume changes as you would, as you'd expect. It was, yeah. you know, it was worth watching. I, I didn't, I, I didn't regret it. Uh, Hoskins and cash Reese. Mm, no, not for, I think you got to go to Rizzo. I really do. I think Rizzo's the playing cash. I prefer a boy to Hoskins too. San Diego stack. There's just no way in the world I can get there. Like if it gets there, I lose, but there's no way I'm stacking. Yeah. San Diego. I, I'm the same. I'm a hundred entries in. I'm still not stacking uh, San Diego. I don't mind like Machado as a one-off or whatever, uh, but I just can't, I can't get there. Uh, by the way, speaking of Yanni, this is actually true. You can ask him uh, on crunch time. Uh, one Derek Cardi is going to be on there. And I don't know how I know this little fun fact, but Cardi likes Yanni. Cardi's a fan of Yanni. Maybe you can ask all your Yanni questions to Cardi. Baseball questions too. Uh, JSU is where is, is uh, going to be on crunch time as well to answer your, your tournament questions, Pepsi. And uh, Roth will be there in case there's any weather lurking out there. Uh, give me some final thoughts. Summarize this slate in two or three or four positive or strong sentences. It's a lot going on. Uh, make it succinct. Give the people something good, Pepsi. You can certainly pay up for Patrick Corbin or James Paxton tonight. I give the edge to Paxton. I don't think it's necessary, not even in cash. It's all about the bats tonight. Get your value arms. Junis is probably my top value arm. Uh, Hudson's pretty safe out there as well. And, uh, yeah, bats, bats, more bats, starting with the Cubs, Washington, and Colorado. Don't sleep on Minnesota or Josh Bell. He's Pepsi. I'm Dean. Thanks for watching. Enjoy crunch time. We're out of here. Power.